Blog Talk Radio. See, I've been watching you for a while, smiling stuff, but I know I can be with you for the night, alright? Dad, alright, baby, baby.
and every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. You know, having problems with money does not always mean that you lack money. A, a lot of people who have a lot of material money have a lot of problems with it. And you know, that's the reason sometimes people will say, oh no, I don't think I want a lot of money because I've seen people with a lot of money have a lot of problems with it. Well, I'll tell you, I'd rather have the problems of having money than the problems of not having it. <laughs> you hear the old jingle, things go better with coke, things go better with money, even trouble. <laughs> even trouble goes better with money. <laughs> So don't knock money. You see, that's another thing. And uh, this is why you, ne you need to get the, the Master of Money course, because it tells you things to say about money and things that you're nev never to say about money. By the way, I'm going to give you this word. Here is a terrible word that a lot of people, almost everybody uses concerning money that you need to wash right out of your vocabulary. Are you ready for this one? Okay, put it on the board for me, Terry. Write it big. You're, you are never, ever again to say this about money. You can write it right under there, right, right on the side somewhere. Never again say spend money. Spend means it's gone. I've gotten rid of it. I'm not going to see it anymore. Is that what I've been saying? Yes. You, when you say spend every, every, as long as the thought is formed in your mind, spend money, you are dismissing money from you. You're saying, get out of here, money. <laughs> Don't ever think that way again. Now, let's have some confession and absolution here. <laughs> yes, we do have confession here, but we don't let you come into a booth and do it. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. It's a life of hustle and survival. I remember when my, my ninth grade teacher asked me, Lisa, what do you want to be when you grow up? And see, I have to fight the Harlem Crip 30s every day to get home from school, so I looked at her and said a lie. I took an English class. I got to fail in English. And my English teacher said in front of the entire class, Lisa, you have to be the weakest writer I've ever met in my entire life. Don't worry, my story is good. Don't feel sorry for me. I got seven under my belt. And then the same year, my speech teacher said, after giving me a D minus, I knew I, I knew I had an A in speech. Like, come on. He obviously didn't agree with me. He gave me a D minus and said, quote unquote, Miss Nichols, I recommend you never speak in public that you get a death job. So here's the beauty of that story. Other people's perception of you ain't none of your business. Everything you've ever been through, set through, rolled through, cried through, prayed through, Everything is a setup for your next best season. And the way you forgive the perceivingly unforgivable, the way you love the perceivingly unlovable, the way you accept what seems to be unacceptable, the way you embrace after you've been betrayed, the way you do that is the way you believe us. Your light belongs to everyone who'll be illuminated because you were bold enough and obedient enough to let your light shine. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And every time 
you cross someone's path and they can't handle your light, you know those people that they try to give you reasons why you should tone it down a bit. That they would tell Cheryl not to sing so loud. Right, right, right. They would tell me to shut up in class. They tell you you're kind of strange. You know those people. Dream snatchers, vision busters. Don't be mad at them. They can only love you to the capacity in which they're able to love themselves. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. Pray for them. Love them. Because they're dealing with themselves like we're dealing with us. But I want you to remember that your 70 watts, your 70 watts has to be turned way up. Because you got way more to give us. It ain't over yet. Don't put a period where God put a comma. And when you turn it up to 159 watts, you know, you keep turning it up. You like, you stop dimming your light. You say, today is the first day of the rest of my life. You turn it up. You're going to find people that can't handle your light. And before today, you might have dimmed your light. You might have shrunk a little bit. You might have tempered it down a little bit. But after today, I want you to see this. After today, turn the lights up. After today, you don't dare dim your light. As your light gets brighter, as your light gets brighter, you're going to disrupt some people. And they're going to tell you your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Then you just look at them and say, well, I'm not dimming my light. I'm just going to hand you some shade. Every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet. The new Evolution Radio Network. I want to share with you how to reach your goals. I think the Bible's greatest motivational book ever been written. Now, I want you to repeat after me, please. We've got to recondition our minds first. Let us say together, good things are supposed to happen to me. Yeah, write that down. I want you to say that to yourself every day. See, we live in a world where we believe that bad things are supposed to happen to us. I remember at a point in my life, Bishop, when things are going good for me, and I said, this is too good to be true. Something is bound to happen. Guess what? It did. Thou shalt decree a thing that shall be established unto you and shall accomplish that whereunto it has been sent. Watch your words. Watch what you say about yourself, about your affairs. Be conscious of that on a daily basis. Why? Because your words are powerful. In the beginning was the word. Life and death is in the tongue. Watch what you say. Never say I'm broke. Say I'm overcoming a cash flow problem. Claim what you want, not what you don't want. So affirm, good things are supposed to happen to me. And begin to believe that. Begin to expect that. Now, I was talking to my oldest son, Calvin. We were going for a walk. And I said, Calvin, do you want to be successful? He said, yes, sir, Dad. So okay. We kept on walking. Then I stopped and I looked him in the eyes. It's my namesake, my junior. 
I said, Calvin, we're looking at each other eye to eye now. Do you expect to be successful? Given the fact that you are a single parent of two kids, given the fact that you decided not to go to college to further your education, given the fact that you are very talented, but you're behind on your dreams and your bills, do expect, based upon your performance, based upon what you produce at this point in time in your life, do you expect to be successful? And Calvin got quiet. Because see, if you ask most people at the Manpower Conference, do you want to be successful? Do you want to live a life of productivity? Do you want to live a life of contribution? Do you want to be a better father? Do you want to have your own business? Are there dreams you want? Everybody will say yes. But see, want shows up in conversation. Expectation shows up in behavior. See, I can tell what you expect by what you do. That's why the Bible says, judge a tree by the fruit it bears. Not the fruit that it wants. Not the fruit that it talks about. Not the fruit that it claims. But by what you are doing. See, what you do when you leave here. When the music stops. When the shouting dies down, your behavior, how you conduct yourself, writing your goals down, deciding to enroll in school to get a GED, deciding to sit into class with children young enough to be your grandchildren, decide to find some product, some idea, some service that you can provide so that you can begin to create some value for yourself so you can create wealth. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It's very important that we begin to learn how to create wealth. I'm not talking about loving money. See, I believe that lack of money is the root of all evil. People are steal for money. People are killed for money. People go to jail for money. Every time the unemployment goes up, in those areas where the unemployment is high, that's where you have the highest incidence of crime and violence. Whenever the unemployment goes up 1% in our community, 10,000 children and women are battered. One money makes a difference in your life. I never wanted to be rich. All I've ever wanted to do was to be comfortable. How many have ever wanted to be comfortable? Raise your hand. Then I realized in order to be comfortable, you got to be rich. An old friend of mine, Dick Dick, would say, people say money won't make you happy, but everybody want to find out for themselves. <laughs> Rita Davenport say money ain't important, but it's right up there with oxygen. And let me tell you something, fellas, even if you're as homeless as I am, if you got some money, women will find something cute on you. <laughs> he got earlobes like Denzel, honey. <laughs> money makes a difference. I used to be so broke when creditors would call the house, my children would answer the phone and say, my daddy say he ain't home. <laughs> I was so broke at one time in my life, I walked by a bank and tripped the alarm. <laughs> I tell you, poverty sucks. You hear me? <laughs> Repeat after me, please. I'll never be broke again. Yes, write that down. I affirm that I'll never be broke again. Never. Never will I ever be broke again. Let me tell you what money does. 
Number one, it gives you control over your life. Write that down. Number two, it gives you options. Three, it allows you to live a life of contribution, to contribute to things that you feel strongly about. Like this ministry and the work of Project 2000 will be doing to change the lives of young people. Bishop Jake's vision is that we can have Little League football teams and baseball teams and basketball teams, then we can have Little League dermatologists and cardiologists and endocrinologists. So he is now establishing an institution, Project 2000, to give our young people the methods and the techniques to reinvent themselves as we go into the next millennium. And this era that Peter Drucker calls the era of the three C's, accelerated change, overwhelming complexity, and tremendous competition. So here's the first step to accumulating wealth. If you expect to do it, write this down. You must be willing to do the things today others won't do. In order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. That's why the book of life said the road to life is straight and narrow and few there be that find it. Because few there be that are willing to do the things today others won't do. In order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. What are the things that others won't do? Number one, make discipline a major force in your life. How many of you know if you'd have been more disciplined, you'd be further along to reach your goals right now? Socrates said the undisciplined life is an insane life. The road to life is straight and narrow because few there be that are willing to discipline themselves. Here's something else that most people won't do. Make it okay to fail. A lot of people, 85% of people, allow their fear of failure to outweigh their desire to succeed. Repeat after me, please. Anything that's worth doing is worth doing badly. Yeah, see, anything is worth doing is worth doing right, as we have been taught, if you know how to do it. But if you don't know how to do it, is worth doing badly until you get it right. Now write this down. You don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. The first time I stood up to speak, I stood up and my mind sat down. I looked at the audience and I panicked. I had to introduce a play at school. Oh. We're about, we're about to start a, <sighs> ran off Mr. Washington, Mr. Brown, where are you going? Uh, Mr. Washington, I, I can't think, sir, I, 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 I don't know, did you rehearse? Yes, sir, I did. Well, what's wrong? Why did you say your lines? I, 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 don't, I don't know, sir. I just I got up there and I looked at him and everything left me. Let me do it another day, please, sir. No, go back out there, Mr. Brown. Mr. Washington, I'll mess up, please, sir. Don't, 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 don't send me out there now. I'll mess up. Mr. Brown, if you run now, you will always be running. Anything that's worth doing is worth doing badly until you get it right. Why are you moving like that? I got to go to the bathroom, sir. Mr. Brown, go back out there. Yes, sir. I start a plea called 12 Angry Men, directed by Mr. Leroy Washington. And I ran off. The next day, hey, I fell off! 
Find that frog. How are you? They dogged me out. They talked about me so bad. The next time another event came up, Mr. Washington, Mr. Brown, you're up. I said, no, Mr. Washington. Everybody says, no, not him. I said, they're right, Mr. Washington, not me. He said, Mr. Brown, you're up. Yes, sir. And I went out, and pretty soon, when people laughed at me and didn't bother me, they would throw paper, and I could catch it without losing my concentration. And then one day, I came out, and a hush went across the audience, because it must have been something about me that indicated that I had come to myself. And Mr. Washington had been practicing with me to give a presentation. And I looked at the audience and I said, I choose not to be a common man. It's my right to be uncommon if I can. I seek opportunity, not security. I do not wish to be a kept citizen, humbled and dull by having the state look after me. I want to take the calculated risk to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. I refuse to live from hand to mouth. I prefer the challenges of life to the guaranteed existence, the thrill of fulfillment to the stale calm of utopia. I will never cower before any master, nor bend to any threat. It's my heritage to stand erect, proud and unafraid, to face the world boldly and say, this I have done. Girl stood up and said, that's my boyfriend, honey. I like me some left brown, baby. <laughs> but I didn't start off like that. You have something special. You have talents and abilities in you that you don't even know. So how do we begin to create wealth? Let me give you some, some ideas. Number one, write this down, knowledge. What knowledge that you have in this economy, part of what we need, that people are willing to pay you for that. Next is talent. What talent? Dion's talent is playing football. I didn't have that as a talent. My talent is talking. To me, my definition of success is doing what you love to do and find somebody to pay you to do it. You want to master your talent. Find out what it is that you love to do. I love to talk. Scripture is another key that says to us of what we need to do to begin to develop ourselves. Luke 12, 34, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what do you love to do? And then explore ways in which you can earn a living doing that. Cooking, writing, painting, working with numbers, working with people. The other thing is, not only must you have knowledge, talent, some skill, but the other thing that's important, faith to act on whatever your dream is. See, if you don't believe in yourself, how many people you know that have a lot of talent, a lot of abilities, but they don't believe in themselves? Raise your hands. See, that faith is very important. So the faith to act on those dreams, those desires, Here's scripture that I, that I like very much. Proverbs 16, 16th chapter, third verse. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit means to carry into action deliberately. Commit means to make it happen no matter what. Commitment is different between next time you have bacon and eggs. The chicken was involved. The pig was committed. He had to give it all up. That's going to take a minute to sink in. No, all right? See, when you make a commitment, I'm going to become wealthy. When you make it important, when you decide I'm going to do it no matter what, 
Life changes for you. See, most people don't keep their commitments to their commitments. That's why they lead lives of poverty, lives of misery, lives of unhappiness. Socrates said the uncommitted life isn't worth living. So part of what you must do, whatever commitment, whatever covenant you make with God while you're here, to go back to be a better father, to go back to make a difference in the community, to go back to change your life, to decide not to ever to use drugs or alcohol again, to decide to bet that you're going to begin to recreate yourself, that you're going to be reborn to a new state of consciousness. Whatever commitment that you make, keep your commitment to your commitment. No matter what, if it's hard, then do it hard. But keep your commitment to your commitment. to the hottest radio network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network.
many people ask disempowering questions. What's wrong? Who's to blame? Why me? Those questions keep us on a downward spiral of picking up on the database of human consciousness and all of its woes and complaints and fears and doubts and worries that move through the mind of the human experience. The real life visioning process is based upon asking questions that are empowering, that empower us. What's trying to emerge in my life? What gift do I have to give? How much power can flow through me? This is how it works. Behind every problem that we have, there's a question trying to ask itself. Behind every question, there's an answer trying to be revealed. Behind every answer, there's an action trying to be taken. And behind every action, there's a way of life trying to be born. So if you're perennially stuck in disempowering questions, your perception becomes very small, you become reactionary, and the actions that you take are just busyness. Survival busyness has nothing to do with embracing a large goal or a great vision for your life. So we ask, and I implore you to ask powerful questions. We want to ask questions. What gift am I to give to the world? What is trying to emerge in my life? You could even ask, what is my next step to take in the downloading, the articulation, and the living of my vision? Now here's the deal. As you begin to ask empowering questions, you begin to act activate the soul faculty of hearing. One of the arts that have been lost in our world is the art of listening. Individuals fail to listen and they fail to comprehend. Listening is a lost art. You want to bring listening back in your spiritual practice. So in life visioning, as we begin to feel that we're surrounded by a universal presence of divine love, we begin to ask the question, what is the vision for my life? What is the universe seeking to express through me? What is the idea that the universe is trying to make as my life? What's trying to emerge? And then we have a moment of pure listening. Without judgment or censorship, we just begin to listen. And that which is called the still, small voice, we begin to understand, it be, after a while becomes the only voice. The chatter in the mind, we no longer hear that. We begin to hear what's trying to emerge. I want you to begin to practice for a moment. I want you to begin, even with your eyes open, first with your eyes open, begin to feel that you're surrounded by an atmosphere of love. The universe is for you, there's nothing against you. Begin to think about times in your life where someone really supported you and loved you. They got you, they understood you. They weren't trying to get anything from you, they just loved you. I want you to feel into that. And I want you to understand that that is just a small figment of how the universe loves you. Just a little bit. But feel into that love right now. Now close your eyes. 
you feel that you're in a safe environment and you are truly loved. With every breath you take, that feeling of being loved is being amplified. Remember, you're on purpose. You are an on purpose with a purpose to reflect and to reveal the cosmos in a way that has never quite happened before. Now ask this question. What idea is the universe trying to express through me? What is seeking to emerge in my life? What is the universe up to as my life? Now listen with that inner ear. What is the universe up to as your life? Not what society wants you to do, not what your parents want you to do, not what your college system wants you to do, not what your religion wants you to do. What does God have in store for you? What does the universal presence have in store for you? Listen. See with the inner eye. Feel with your heart. And allow it to articulate itself to you. This is a vision. It's not in the future. It's in you right now. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on The Bottom Line with Joey L. On the New Evolution Radio Network. Although outright warfare against Virginia's Indians had ended, a different threat emerged in the early years of the 20th century. The Racial Integrity Act, championed by state lawmakers and officials like Walter Plecker, challenged their very identity as a people. The Plecker era was truly one of the darkest times for Native people in Virginia. But I think it's critical for us to think about what was the genesis of the the ideology that Plecker was um, a proponent of. And it's really uh, the eugenics movement. The eugenics movement was a pseudo-scientific movement. Uh, we say pseudo-scientific today because we find that the science that they were proposing is not what we today would honor as scientific in, in any way. Um, the eugenics movement has a direct link to the descendants of Charles Darwin. They somehow made the leap to these notions about racial purity. What is best for each race is racial purity. Plecker and his friends convinced the Virginia legislature to adopt very restrictive legislation in 1924 it's called the racial integrity act with this legislation it was decreed that there were only two possible categories one is white which means a person you check that you're white if you have white ancestry caucasian ancestry and absolutely nothing else 
The other category is everybody else, and that's colored. So this was very hard on Virginia's indigenous community because, in a sense, it wipes away their identity, their identity on paper, their ability to describe themselves as Indian was not possible in the state of Virginia until 1968 when the U.S. Supreme Court forced Virginia to repeal the law. And Cheyenne M. Cushamirel, would you state your name for the record, please? Your attribute for the record, please. Cheyenne Matilda Cushamirel, on behalf of the Marrakesh Empire Aboriginal Law. All right. I want to ask you a couple of questions, please. Um, the first question I want to ask you is, are you employed? Uh, objection, ma'am. This hearing is supposed to be about jurisdiction. This court has no jurisdiction. The court has no jurisdiction to determine its own jurisdiction for a basic issue in any case before a tribunal. Well, if I have no jurisdiction to determine my own jurisdiction, how are you going to get that issue resolved? Listen, this this case in this courtroom is a colorable, incompetent court of jurisdiction. You can't, according to federal case law, you can't set another hearing to reach and determine your own jurisdiction. As I've stated for the record plenty of times, I'm only having threat to rest coercion and because the prosecution falsely holds my property and I'm here to clarify that matter. Other than that, I'm here under threat to rest coercion. It is completely against federal case law. It has power to act and a court must have the authority to decide that question in the first instance. That's Rescue Army versus Municipal Court of Los Angeles. A departure by a court from the recognized and established requirements of law, however close apparent adherence to mere form and method of procedure, which has the effect of depriving one of a constitutional right, is an excess of jurisdiction. May you I, have the flag may, right behind you, ma'am. May I interrupt you for a moment, uh, You please? may not, ma'am. Then would you, would you, when you're done speaking, would you let me know so that I can ask a question? I'm, I'm, I'm not obligated to answer any questions, so I have no intentions of answering any question. Oh, I'll ask it anyway, and then I'll ask it anyway, and you can forward. decide what you want to say. Uh, thus, where judicial tribunal has no jurisdiction of the subject matter on which it assumes to act, its proceedings are absolutely void in the fullest sense of the term, Dillon versus Dillon. Uh, courts enforcing mere statutes, as it is to my understanding, that this is a statute, not a constitutional violation of law. In fact, one of the hearings I had with you, you said people are not charged with constitutional violations. I don't understand how you could be enforcing statutes and you have to constitute the U.S. flag behind you, as if you don't say you hadn't taken an oath to uphold the Constitution. Courts enforcing their statutes do not act judicially, but merely ministerially. Thus, no judicial immunity, and unlike courts of law, do not obtain jurisdiction by service of process, nor even arrest and compel the parents. Boswell versus Otis. I've been here three or four times on the threat to arrest and coercion. Prosecution doesn't even have Otis in front of him. He has no objections. He has nothing to say. He cannot prove jurisdiction. This court should have been dismissed this case. This is a colorable court of incompetent jurisdiction. The fact that petitioner was released on a promise to appear, before a magistrate, for an arraignment, that fact is circumstance to be considered in determining whether the first instance there was a probable cause for the arrest. Monroe versus Popper. 
There's no discretion to ignore the lack of jurisdiction. Court must prove on record, all the record, all jurisdiction facts related to the jurisdiction asserted. A universal principle, as old as the law, is that proceedings of a court without jurisdiction are a nullity and its judgment therein without effect either on personal property. This case has already been put before the federal court and you will be receiving a notice of removal very shortly. This court has no jurisdiction. Prosecution can't prove jurisdiction. This case uh, shall be dismissed and it will. Did you file a notice of removal with the federal court? Yes, you will be receiving it shortly. Alright. Um, when I receive it, I will rule on it. This is my question to you, however. Are you employed? I'm not employed. I'm not employed with any uh, 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 corporations uh, incorporated with the state of New Jersey. Are you, are you employed with any corporation that's incorporated outside of the state? Objection. I'm not, I'm not here to answer questions about uh, my employment. Uh, I, last time I was made aware of this was supposed to be about whether this court has jurisdiction, and clearly it doesn't. Uh, a question about employment has nothing to do with whether this court has jurisdiction, so I'm not obligated to answer those questions. Now, I shall not be answering any anymore those questions that are not pertaining to jurisdictional facts. Well, this is my question to you. I asked it before. If you, if your position is that this court has no jurisdiction to determine its own jurisdiction, objection, man. That is not my ruling. That is not my holding. I've given you the federal case law regarding such. Maybe you can take some time out that you need to do to uh, to recheck that. But that's what the case law says. It's not what I said. Well, I do have jurisdiction over you. Number one, you're here in my courtroom. Objection, ma'am. You do not have jurisdiction over me. I'm here by way of threat, duress, and coercion. The federal case law stipulates already that compelled uh, appearance and arrest warrants doesn't give uh, uh, a minister acting ministerially and not judicially enforcing their statute's jurisdiction. That's in incorrect and false. You do not have jurisdiction because I'm here. You told me before when I was here that you would lock me up if I didn't come, which was threat to rescue coercion. I think that you misstate what I told you. Objection, ma'am. I have not misstated. I have the videos. I have it on repeat 24-7. I've seen you say I don't recall that I said I would lock you up. Oh, well, objection, ma'am. That's on the record. So you can object all that you want, sir. And I will continue to have a difference of opinion about that. All right. Well, we'll continue with today's proceedings, then. And I certainly appreciate the courtesy that you extend to me. All right, Mr. Uh, Walker, I know that you are here. Yes. you wish to be heard, sir? Your Honor, I have uh, Kevin Walker appearing on behalf of the Office of the Public Defender. Uh, we did uh, receive, after the last uh, hearing, a court order directing the Office of the Public Defender to uh, represent uh, this uh, defendant did file a motion for reconsideration, noting that uh, there has been no indigency uh, determination, which is uh, an essential component of uh, our appointment. So I would ask uh, respectfully that uh, an indigency determination be made uh, at this time, and absent that earlier order directing to represent this defendant be vacated. All right, thank you. Do you wish to be heard on the issue, Mr. Luciano? I don't, Judge. All right. I have inquired of Cheyenne Mutata Kushimurel concerning his employment. He tells me he is not employed in the state of New Jersey by any corporation, and therefore I determine that he does not have the present ability to pay for counsel to proceed in this matter. Objection, ma'am. Uh, I, don't, I don't know this gentleman. Uh, I haven't made any contracts with the public defender's office. Uh, I don't know what that was an attempt to do, but he does not have the authority to speak for me. 
so I would appreciate if any uh, non-identified parties are determining to act on my behalf. First, fill out an IRS Form 56 and notify the IRS that they're acting in some sort of fiduciary capacity. All right. Let's talk about the issue of, uh, Mr. Walker, I want to talk about the issue of jurisdiction. One of the issues that has been raised in this case and has been raised over and over again that really needs to be determined before we can proceed with it is with regard to jurisdiction. I have received, it was filed with the court, it was received in my chambers on January 7th. I'm not exactly sure if it was filed downstairs on a different day. Something that has been entitled a non-negotiable affidavit of fact to dismiss with prejudice for lack of personum jurisdiction, lack of discovery, and lack of an injured party. It purports to raise the issue before the court of lack of jurisdiction with regard to um, Cheyenne Mutata Kushimir L. Uh, despite what Cheyenne Mutata Kushimir L. says, this is not an application to the court to uh, dismiss anything with anything. There are certain ways, as you are aware, Mr. Walker, to bring issues before the court. Um, what we need to do is have the issue brought before the court properly by way of a notice of motion. I don't even know if Mr. Luciano got a copy of this, but certainly you know that any motion filed has to be served on the prosecutor. How much time does your office need in order to do that? And did you receive a copy of this? Judge, I have not received a copy of that, and uh, before I address that issue, I would respectfully request that uh, you inquire into this defendant's assets to see whether he has a present ability to retain private counsel. He tells me he isn't employed in, uh, by Objection. a corporation, so... Objection. This is obscene. Sir, I do this is the conversation I that I'm having with Mr. Walker, not with you. This is, this and the way you didn't want me to interrupt you, I would like you not to interrupt me or Mr. Walker. Objection. This man cannot speak for me, man. I haven't filled out any public defender's applications nor contracts to agree to that. You cannot force me against my consent to have someone who has I have no formal contract or agreement with to uh, speak on my behalf. I'm a natural flesh and blood man. I don't what? have to have yes, ma'am. Oh. I do not have to have uh, an attorney at law a colorable attorney at law, de facto attorney at law, uh, propose or purport to speak for me in any, in, in any regards to these uh, matters at hand. March 23rd, sufficient time, Mr. Walker? I think so, Judge. All right. Then this matter shall be in hereby is continued until Monday, March 23rd at 9 o'clock. Objection, man. Uh, the notice of removal is already in. You will be receiving it today. So if I receive it before March 23rd at 9 a.m., I am aware of my obligations when a matter has been removed to federal court. If for some reason the federal court does not accept it or it's not properly filed or there's something else, that's the next day for this proceeding. Objection, man. I will much. not be participating in any more of these proceedings. Do what you want. I'm sorry, I can do that. This is the only notice that I will give you of the proceeding on March 23rd at 9 o'clock in the morning. We don't send out letters reminding people. We simply expect that you will be here. Thank Judge, you very much. Judge, you will be contacted by uh, my office and we'll arrange uh, an interview with him in the office and he'll have to uh, sign in. Do you have his address? Uh, I, it's the on here. The address I have is the, uh, the PO box. Objection. It's right here. Objection. If you uh, attempt 
to contact me and negotiate any contracts with me, you will be getting sued in federal court too as well, sir. All right. Thank you very much. Whatever else happens, I ain't never forget, forget, forget. Niggas ain't talking about much. I'd rather bump Willie Hutch or the music in church than a sacrilegious and blasphemous. I got loyal goons, they don't ask for much. And they don't rap. And they don't rap. They'll wrap you up, yeah Trash bag for the shells Trash bag, have a bear Got plays, got bites, got sales with my scale What the hell really going on? Not shit, still going in on my songs Blowing on this oak so strong all alone But your hoe, all on my mobile phone I tried to told her, get off my line Quit out that line Thought I was ballin' when I first bought a nine Used to think the time with money Till they gave my homeboys all that time Young niggas not giving a fuck about nothing I mean nothing, Shooting and hustling, I'm hot dog, so the coop is mustard. But I don't relish this shit. What the hell is a brick? But a lick to a nigga that ain't never had shit. Or a figment of a rap nigga's embellishment. I'm intelligent from the head I get. She say she sell a bit, I, I probably sell that bitch. I had a girlfriend, but I dumped her, I be high as hell. I hope she take me back. You ever lost somebody? I mean, really, really wish you could talk to somebody. But they was gone before you thought about it. I mean, really wish you could talk to somebody. But they was gone before you thought about it. Not brainstorming, but my thoughts is cloudy. It is a scatter showers. Sad as fuck at the happy house. Wishing I could laugh about it. We used to hit the lab and rap for hours. Now I'm giving his mama and daddy flowers. My only thoughts is getting at them cowards. Kill my little nigga and probably bragging about it. Retribution, do you got a better solution? They taught us to tow guns, really they bred us to shoot. All we cared about was getting fresh and hooping. Same neighborhood that getting executed. Same little niggas used to sneak in the move. I'm pretty sure gunfire killed more dreams than excuses. One by one losing everyone that believed in my move. All I got is my weed and my music. But this is how keeping it move. Yeah, this is how keeping it move. You ever lost somebody? I mean, really, really wish you could talk to somebody. But they was gone before you thought about it. designed to be a perfect 
human world where none suffered, where everyone would be happy. It was a disaster. No one would accept the program. Entire crops were lost. Some believed that we lacked the programming language to describe your perfect world, but I believe that as a species, human beings define their reality through misery and suffering. The perfect world was a dream that your primitive cerebrum kept trying to wake up from, which is why the Matrix was redesigned to this, the peak of your civilization. And I say your civilization because as soon as we started thinking for you, it really became our civilization, which is, of course, what this is all about. Evolution, Morpheus. Evolution. Like the dinosaur. Look out that window. You've had your time. The future is our world, Morpheus. The future is our time. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease the cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure. Can you hear me, Morpheus? I'm going to be honest with you. I hate this place, this zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it, I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. Every time I do, I fear that I have somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive, isn't it? I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key. My key. There are people that's awake, and there's people asleep. Now, most people on this planet are asleep. So, let's break it to the least common denominator. Let's say the black community. We, it used to they say 5%. <laughs> no, it's like old point something now. That's right. You see. 
that's asleep. So you're going to be lonely because the simple fact that people are asleep. Now, how is this? You have a chakra system in your body. And these are nine wheels of consciousness. Most, uh, uh, excuse me, seven wheels of consciousness. There's like 160 chakras, but seven major chakras, just like there's seven African powers. <clears throat> now, what has happened here to give you a scientific element of what's going on so you can clear this up so you don't have to go and be trying to holler at somebody and they laugh at you and they don't want to hear that shit? Because your family will beat you down and niggas in the street will beat you down. You're going to try to give them a message. <laughs> now, you had you around here crazy. Now, the chakra system, the lowest chakra is your sacral vertebrae. That's your root chakra. And that's where the majority of the people's um, consciousness is, on the root chakra. So the only thing that they can get down with is desires. What feels good, what tastes good, what smells good, what looks good, what sounds good. Yes. You see, the, Lord the basic sen uh, senses, you see, on that particular level, they are called the automatons, which means automation. Okay. They move in, but they ain't, they're brain dead. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now, you don't even get into this particular consciousness that you can partake to understand what things is until you're radiating from the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. You see, the heart chakra. That's why the Egyptian, the heart, the scarab, the heart scarab was the most important. Even when you died, they'd throw the brain away. But it was the heart that they preserved. Because that's another, that's where your true self is. But you got to radiate from the heart chakra and then you elevate on into the pineal gland. But most people's consciousness is in the root chakra. On the five senses, the animal level. They can look pretty, they can have a PhD with a degree. They tell you it's only a degree of information. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a degree of information, it has nothing to do with a person's behavior, mm. whether they're conscious or not. You see, it has nothing to do with what a person wears. It has something to do is where they incarnated down here on a certain level and they are radiating above the root shock. And I guarantee you this right now, even if some of you all just coming into consciousness the last couple of weeks or the last year, I guarantee you, you always felt special since you was a baby. Now, I've been asking that question in my lectures around the country for, 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 for 16 years. And I ask everybody, how many of you all always thought that you were special? And the whole room always raised their hands. You didn't know what it was. You see what I'm saying? But you thought it was special. And you always had a thirst for something that you didn't know what it was. And it was this knowledge. Let me give you an example. When I was, on, when I was in college, I was standing up one time. I had finished school. And I was standing um, on the college campus with one of the coaches. We got to be good friends, one of the basketball coaches, Coach Holmes. And he said, well, how do you, how do you feel, man? You, you've edu you educated yourself. I said, man, I don't feel shit. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. I said, I told him, I said, I thought when I came here to this university that when I left, I was going to have some kind of knowledge. I didn't know what the knowledge was. All I know is what I went, I went through for four years, I didn't have shit. I, I knew 
I felt empty. Now it was it was you know it was a couple of years later that what I was missing I realized was knowledge. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, I but but I knew something was wrong. You see, and that's what it is. You you always thought that you was you, you there, there something was missing, and that's why it's actually because you were you, you were gravitating but above the root shop. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Yo, 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 yo. What up, what up, what up? Peace to the God. Welcome to the show. Today is December the 23rd, 2018, Aboriginal year. Six, going into like 1601, 02, I think it is. I'll get back to y'all on that. I know we in that time frame. So, peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. We call the numbers 347-989-0194. Must be a football game on or something because the audience level is real low tonight. You know, I was trying to allow more people to come in, you know, because I don't like this. You really start going into information, and then niggas come in like, man, I missed, I missed the first 30 minutes, man, when you was talking, man. Nah, man, you can come in. So I try to give people enough time to come on in. So I greet you with peace and greetings, and I welcome you all to the show, and I hope I find you all in a good space tonight. You know, we're getting real close to this end of the quarter, man, and uh, it's, it's, I mean, really... You should already be preparing for, you know, the first quarter of the new fiscal year, which we will go into at the end of next week. But really, I guess it's about a week out now, right? So New Year's is what? New Year's Eve is Sunday. New Year's Day is Monday. So we're getting prepared, right? And, you know... We're one year away from this thing that they do every 10 years called a census, right? So, you know, in 2020, they're going to ask you questions about your citizenship. And, you know, I think that it's important that we look at the census. What is a census? You know, what's its purpose? Why are they taking count? How long have they been taking count? <clears throat> What's the purpose of taking count? Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So we're going to look at that tonight. So if you'd like to holler at me, like I said, call the number 347-989-0194. Make sure you press the number one. You can get in and holler at me. As always, go to makemorecommerce.com. Y'all can get with me over there. I'm supposed to have some information for y'all. Um, in terms of where the money ritual is. So for now, I believe it's at risk. But if not, we'll have it at the Hilton. I don't I don't know. I got to holler at my man Jonah. See where we at with that. Get back to y'all. People been asking me about that. So I'll let y'all know. All right. So let's get into it. I got a lot to talk about tonight. So firstly, I, I want to read a short article to you. Okay. And you know, I'm only gonna read a little bit of it because I I want I want y'all to 
get the gist of it. And then we're going to get into some information. So, for the first time since 1950, the U.S. Census Bureau is planning to ask everyone living in the United States, whether they are citizens, when it conducted the decennial census in 2020. Anticipating that some immigrants might avoid answering the question, the Trump administration wants to try using other governmental records to fill in missing responses. So the new question would be included at the Justice Department's request, according to a memo by Wilbur Ross, Secretary of the Commerce Department, which oversees the Census Bureau. It would supply block-level data on the citizen and non-citizen voting age population. The Justice Department sought to include the question because it uses data about eligible voters. The citizen voting age population to enforce protections for minority voters, including those who speak languages other than English, under the Federal Voting Rights Act. Now, the Justice Department now relies on data from the Census Bureau, okay, the American Community Survey, a sample survey that covers 2.6% of the population each year. Now, the department's more scope, detail, and certainty that only the full census can provide to enforce the Voting Rights Act. Okay? We spoke about that. Uh, I think it's been a while. I think it was right around the time we were talking about voting. I need to go look that up. It's all special law. Now, Law said the census form would use the same wordings as what it has already used in the Census Bureau's American Community Survey, which asked respondents to check one of the five categories to describe their citizenship status. Okay, so now they want to know what your status is. So, you know, I, I hope y'all understand that what they are trying to do, they they get ready to start consolidating. They got to consolidate their debt, man. We need to know who who is party to this debt and who's not. Okay? Let me keep going. Ross said the census form would use the same wording as what it already used in the Census Bureau's American Community Survey, which asked respondents to check one of the five categories to describe their citizenship status. The three, excuse me, three categories applied to people who are U.S. citizens at birth, born in the U.S., born in the U.S. territory, or born abroad with at least one U.S. parent. People who say they are naturalized U.S. citizens are asked for their naturalization year. The fifth category is not a U.S. citizen. The survey does not ask whether non-citizens are legally in the country. Isn't that interesting? Citizenship question is included in the list of census questions that the Census Bureau sent to the Congress this week. But the new question inclusion has been challenged in the court on the grounds that it could cause immigrants to skip the 2020 census out of fear for information could be used against them, even though it is illegal to share a personal census response with law enforcement or immigration agencies. But we know they'll do that anyways, right? They don't give a fuck. See, here's what y'all got to remember. These are public forums, so when you opt to fill them out, Right? Unless you look at an artified print, they more likely can use that shit against you. Now that we have a a basic understanding of what's happening in twenty twenty, 
we need to understand what the census is because the census has been around for a very long time, okay? The United States Census of 1790 was the first census of the whole United States. Okay? This is when they first started taking census records in our country, 1790. Now, there's a lot going on in 1790 to where they felt that they had to take a census. Okay? They recorded the population of the United States as the census day, August the 2nd, 1790, as mandated by Article 1, Section 2 of the United States Constitution and what they call applicable laws. These would be your statutes and your codes. Right? Now, in the first census, the population of the United States was enumerated to be 3,929,214. I wonder who they was counting. Congress assigned responsibility for the 1790 census to the marshals of the United States Judicial Districts under an act which, with minor modifications and extensions, governed census taking until 1840. Okay? Now, the law required that every household be visited, that completed census schedules be posted in two of the most public places within each jurisdiction, okay? There, too, remain for the inspection of all concerns. So, you know, <laughs> they would publish your shit in the public. See, now they try to make it private, but they public. They didn't give a damn back in 1790. This is when they was really trying to create their citizenship. It was a lot. So I tell you, I got to go back and look at these congressional records. Okay. Now, the aggregate amount of each description of person for every district be transmitted to the president. This is what this was. Now, although the census was proved statistically factual based on what they call data collected records, okay, for several states, which was Delaware, Georgia, New Jersey, and Virginia, okay, they were lost sometime between 1790 and 1830. Now, I want y'all to ask yourselves, why, why do you think that they would have lost census records? What would those records have proved prior to, I don't know, the Emancipation Proclamation. That there were Moors. How about, because you know, when they go into the households back then, they were counting the slaves too. It says, uh, okay, you're a slave owner. You got five people in your family. How many slaves you got in, in, in this motherfucker? Now remember, not all people of color were slaves. In fact, there were people of color who owned white slaves. You don't believe me, go get the book White Cargo. It's right there. Okay? Now, they say that they lost data between 1790 and 1830. So you lose data between 1798. These are crucial years. You know, we're talking about they lose data 35 years before the Civil War. Records. 
Okay? Almost one-third of the original census data has been lost or destroyed since the original documentation. These include some 1790 data from Connecticut, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Vermont. I don't even know that niggas in Vermont. Shout out to my niggas in Vermont. Who got who got people in Vermont? Never I don't think I ever met a person from Vermont before. Is do we even got black people up there? <laughs> I'm sure we do. Let's go look at the census record. Okay. So the validity and existence of most of the data can be confirmed in the what they call secondary sources pertaining to the first century. So these ain't nothing but books and shit that other things, you know, other documentation that was written by people who was around at that time to confirm. Now you gotta be careful because some of the shit they have written, remember we they, they did a reconstruction of the United States, the major reconstruction the Reconstruction Act. So through the Reconstruction Act, your mind has been reconstructed to believe that you and your ancestors were slaves. Well, let me digress because I think that today there's a different form of slavery, right? But that root shit that we seen on TV, I don't, I just don't believe that. that no, there's no evidence. Not a lot of evidence for that, and people will argue with me. And, and and you can go to that African American museum. We can look it up on Google or on YouTube. Go look at the African American museum, right? And this museum, I, I promise you, it's like they it's like they took a hundred years or whatever and just started creating new history for us. Right? I mean, we're talking about Reconstruction started shortly after they did the Fourteenth Amendment. whole history just wiped away through legislation. It's a tough subject when you really think about it, right? Because, I mean, niggas, a lot of niggas I know will tell you, oh, I got I got Native Americans in my family, right? This is this what, this what we know them as because we're not calling them Moors. Right, but then they won't go look up none of the history, or if they do, they'll be like my cousin, and she went and looked up the history. And by the time she got halfway through the history, she hit a a stumbling block. She can't go no further. She she didn't because she didn't understand. She didn't know where to look. So you got to know where to look. Okay. Now, census data included the name of the head of the family and categorized inhabitants. I want y'all to use that word, okay? Because that's what you are. You need to go read the Articles of Confederation if you don't believe me. Okay? So, notice it didn't say citizens. Okay? So, it categorized inhabitants as follows. Three white males at least 16 years of age to assess the country's industrial and military potential, 
free white males under 16 years of age, free white male, free white females, other free persons reported by sex and color, and slaves under the direction of the current Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson. Marshals collected data from all 13 states. Okay, you talking about their colonies? Okay, you talking about seven, this is 1790. Right? Now the census was not conducted in Vermont until 1791, after the state that mission to the union. See, so, so, all right. Let me tell y'all why you would do a census, right? So, let's say we go buy up a bunch of small towns around the country. We say, all right, we're going to build. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10. We say we're going to build, um, you know, let's say we're going to build four towns. We build four towns. Within that time stretch of us building four towns, now we got about 100,000 people in each town. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe some women is pregnant, right? Maybe some people died. Maybe a few people moved out, some people came in, right? Things like that happen in towns, right? It's business, right? So you want to take an account for that. And if and if you're starting a new citizenship, right, a new government, and you want to nationalize people under your government, you want to take count of who's in your new government, right? Because you can't have a government without having citizens, right? Or just remember, citizens are people who are subject to you, right? So you got to have some people who are subject to you. For you to be head of state, you understand? So, 1790 is when the census was being counted. 1791 is when they first started doing it in Vermont, after the state that mission to the Union. Okay, at the 14th state on March the 4th. Now, from 1777 until early 1791, and during all of 1790, Vermont was a de facto independent country, okay, whose government took position that Vermont was not and then part of the United States. Isn't that interesting? So then I want you to ask yourself, who the fuck is in Vermont? Okay? Now, the census of 1790, published in 1791, reports 16 slaves in Vermont. Subsequently, in up to 1860, the number is given as 17. And in an examination of the original manuscript, it allegedly shows that there were never any slaves in Vermont at all. The original error occurred in preparing the results for publication, when 16 persons returned as free colored and were classified as slaves. So I, I want you to ask yourself again, who were they trying to classify as free color? You know, it, black people, I have always been known to live in some peculiar-ass places. I went to Denver. I seen a, uh, a storm of white folks when I was traveling with the Tech 9 group, right? I'm in there at the concert looking. There ain't no more white folks in the audience. You see like two, three black people peppered in. So we have historically known, been known to mingle amongst other races. That's what we do. We're the fathers of this shit. That's what we do. We move around and we talk to what we deal with other races. So you're always going to find some black people scattered around. So even if it was a bunch of white folks, right? So we call them white today. But back then they didn't call white. 
because you can go look. They actually called them Africans. Y- y'all have to go look at these terms, right? So even back then, these people were being counted, and the Moors were being counted, but they was misnomering us. So the figures of from Massachusetts do not include the population of Maine, even though Maine was then part of Massachusetts. Uh, the main figures were compiled separately and are shown on, on what uh, on the um, what they call the main line. All right, now just a second. I got some. I got a document that I want to pull up here. Okay, so we're going to get into this, and I I found this to be really interesting, and it, <laughs> this is straight from Harvard. You know, and I'm a, I'm only, I'm only gonna give y'all the real shit because this is this is a scholarly article, all right. And I I I, I got to hear what they're saying from Harvard about what the census was about, okay. So we're gonna go into it right after these messages. We'll be right back. Keep it locked.
or descendants of the free mulattoes of early days so listed prior to 1865 in the United States Census and various types of state records as as distinguished from slave Negroes. Okay. Now, now that these people are playing up the advantages gained by being permitted to give, quote, Indian as the race of the child's parents on birth certificates, we see the great mistake made in not stopping earlier the organized propagandization of the racial falsehood. They have been using the advantage thus gained as an aid to intermarriage into this white race and attend white schools, and now for some time they have been refusing to register with the war draft boards as Negroes. Okay. As required by the boards which are faithfully performing their duties. Three of the of these Negroes from Caroline County were sentenced to prison on January the 12th in the United States court at Richmond for refusing to obey the draft law unless permitted to classify themselves as, quote, Indian. Some of these Mongols find that they have been able to sneak in their birth certificates unchallenged as Indians and are now making a rush to register as white. Upon investigation, we find that a few local registrars have been permitting such certificates to pass through their hands unquestioned and without warning our office of the fraud. Those attempting this fraud should be warned they are liable to the penalty of one year in the penitentiary. Okay. Several clerks have likewise been actually granting them licenses to marry white or at least marry amongst themselves as Indians or white. The danger of this error always confronts the clerk who does not inquire carefully as to the residence of the woman when he does not have positive information. Now, the law is explicit in that the license be issued by the clerk of the county or the city in which the woman resides. And to aid all of you in determining which are fixed families, we have compiled a list of their surnames by county and city as complete as possible at this time. This list should be preserved by all, even those in the county and the city, not included. As these people are moving around over the state and changing race at the new place, a family has just been investigated, which was always recorded as Negro around Glade Springs, Washington County but which changed to white in marriage as such in the Roanoke County. This is going to be constantly and can be prevented only by care on the part of the local registers, clerks, doctors, health workers, and school authorities. Please report all known suspicious cases to the Bureau of Vital Statistics, giving name, ages, parents, and other uh, information as possible. All certificates of these people showing, quote, Indian or, quote, white are now being rejected and returned to the physician or midwife. But local registrars hereafter 
must permit them to pass their hands uncorrected or unchallenged without a note or warning us. 150,000 other mulattoes in Virginia are watching eagerly to attempt their persuado Indian brethren ready to follow in a rush when they have first made a break in the dike. Very yours truly, Walter Plecker. Now, I want y'all to know that this this was a letter that was written in 1942, right? Is it 42? 43, excuse me. 1943 is when they wrote this letter, right? He wrote this letter because diggers, who didn't know who they was, was going in and they was trying to be white, right? Which which that that actually is a legal status. Right, so if you follow that legal status, you can really do that. They was getting their birth certificates corrected. They was either putting out an Indian on there. Now we know that we're not Indian. You would you would be Aboriginal. Right? So technically in a way, this man was white, but he was so racist the way that he did it, he excluded these people from ever being able to come in and actually Claim the heritage that they were supposed to have claimed, right? So, legislation, local legislation, right? So let's get into it, and and this is this is going to be pretty interesting because anytime I pull a scholarly article, right, you should know that this is coming from one of these universities that have taken time to study. Not only us, but they crooked-ass government. So, between 1850 and 1930, demographic upheaval in the United States was connected to reorganization of the racial order, socially and politically. Okay, Reorganized boundaries between groups shifted, new groups emerged, others disappeared, and notions of who belonged in which category changed. All reorganized racial groups, blacks, whites, Indians, Asians, Mexicans, Moors, and others were affected. This article investigates how and why the census reclassification policies changed during this period, only to stabilize abruptly before World War II. All right, so let's get into it. Okay. Between the Civil War and the United, excuse me, between Civil War and World War II, the United States underwent a profound process of racial reorganization. Officially recognized group categories expanded and contracted. Socially recognized boundaries between groups blurred and shifted. Citizens and public actors passionately debated who belonged to which group. Basic components of the racial order were revised, revisited, and fundamentally altered. Such debates were highly consequential. So while whites never lost their position at the top of the status hierarchy, who belonged in this privileged group was hostly contested. Now, whether or not a group or individual was included in the category of white profoundly affected the group or the person's social standing. Blacks and Chinese were placed into an ugly 
contest for the bottom of the status hierarchy with the victory depending on a great deal on public officials defined and bounded the groups. Now, simultaneously, whether American Indians were deemed assimilable, okay, whether Mexican Americans should be subject to Jim Crow laws, and whether South Asians should be excluded along the Pacific, depending in part whether they were classified in terms that allowed them to be potential insiders, okay, that define them as uh, status of America, right? Or later on, they, they give them that United States citizen status, right? Now, most broadly, over the course of almost a century, the U.S. government dropped its way through extensive ex- ex- uh, experimentation, reorganizing and re-imaging the racial order, okay? With corresponding impact on individuals and groups, life chances. I mean, we can see this today with all of these Hispanics that come over here that are trying to get into our country, right? So, I mean, we see it all of the time. Okay. Here's the other thing I want you to remember. The Jim Crow laws, as they were set up, okay, were written for what they called Negroes. But remember who the first Negroes were. Now, all branches of government and all levels of government were involved to a greater or lesser degree in this process of racial reorganization, okay, for reasons that we explained below. Now, let's get into to some, some really powerful information, okay? Just a second. I'm going to skip down a little bit. This is important that we go into this because, you know, when we start talking about Walter Plecker, we have to look at the fact that the Racial Integrity Act was done because of Walter Plecker's findings right, on the census, okay? Now, border warfare of the most primitive type is still waged in mountain fastness. The dark pages in the uh, annals of crime are now being written. Despite, uh, oh, gosh, I'm sorry, y'all. I hate the way that they write this shit. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Here we go. Now, how does the census help to shape the racial order? In almost every modern society that classifies population, a census sits at the center of the institutional expression okay, of, of what they call an ethno-racial order. That order is constituted by a combination of ideological beliefs about one's own group, right? So you can actually take this and look at your own group, right? This is what I told you about the group thing when we talked about group thing because if you sit there and you look at your group and you look at how your group thinks, pretty obvious us to see that most of us agree with the whole African-American concept, right? Most of most of us do. I don't. Most of us don't subscribe to that, but a lot of us do. So it's okay for them to make a census and not put more down or aboriginal down. Who do you think would check aboriginal if they put that down anyways? Right, I think probably some 
fucked up people would. But they can check you on that. Okay. Now, in the United States, the social and political order was largely defined by race. In fact, the process of simultaneously creating and reflecting group classification was very important. So important that by 1904, Walter Wilcox could correctly observe that there is no country in which statistical investigation of race is so highly developed as in the United States. Highly developed that it may have been, excuse me, that it may have been, but the American approach to the racial classification, which was also so peculiar, reflecting the the particularities of various experiments in race classification. So, y'all do understand that the Jim Crow law was an experiment for these people. At least the way that they looked at it. Okay. Now, Remember I told you that the United States is a highly developed racial integrity country, right? They even to this day. Okay. Asians were racially identified through nationality. Okay. While the mixture between blacks and others were identified and elaborated right by race. This is how they first did it. Now whites were elaborately distinguished by their country of birth. Their mixed percentage referring to parents' place of birth or their mother's tongue and the only instance of racializing religion. Immigrants from South Asia were combined under the Hindu category. And Native Americans were alternatively ignored and categorized down to the tiny fractions of black and white blood. Now, the experimentation abruptly ceased the 1930s census, which marked the last stage of the period of racial reorganization. And after that year, the Census Bureau perceived only three races, white, Negro, Indian, right, five Asian nationalities, right, and, and we just gave y'all those because you got a bunch of different parts in Asia. Okay. Now, it no longer explicitly identified racial mixture. Mixed percentage, right? So you had the, the Mexican race, you had the Hindus, you had different uh, fractions of Indian blood, right? So you had all these different categories, right? And, and they said, no, nah, we're not going to keep classifying all these things, all of these different things. We just don't put these niggas in these. Two different categories. Now the trajectory raises two empirical questions to be pursued here. Why was the Census Bureau system of racial categorization so inconsistent and unstable? And why did experimentation and reorganizing the racial order begin to end? Okay. So the answer to the first question. This particular pattern of experimentation focuses 
on the intention of the internal dynamics of rather the mysterious agency. We show that the three motives or motivations interacted to produce official choice of categories for classifying a given group in a given year, power over political control, elected and appointed officials, commitment to scientific integrity, and the pool of ideological beliefs about race on the parts of all factors. Sometimes these motivators reinforce each other, and sometimes they were mutually uh, constitutive, and sometimes they pulled in opposite directions. So the answer to the second empirical question is, why is this particular period saw so much experimentation in creating racial order? But we know why that is, right? That the United States underwent extraordinary transformation. Okay? Yeah, y'all got to remember we talked about, uh, mentioned this earlier. This is all part of the Reconstruction Act. Okay. All of this is. So almost every modern society classifies its population. Right? So the census sits in the center of the institutional expression, right, of, of what they call this ethno racial order. The order is constituted by a combination of ideological beliefs. Again, this is your belief system on what you believe. The more that people started going with, you know, one thing or the other, you know, they was okay with being classified as that. Okay? Because you have to remember, they were classifying people as octoroon, quadroon, all these different racial mixtures. So the U.S. Census first addressed the racial order in response to the Constitution's mandate of, a, of what they call the decennial enumeration, okay? Based on the principle that representatives in direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the number of whole persons, a uh, whole number of free persons, and excluding Indians not taxed, three-fifths of all other persons. The initial census takers needed only to distinguish the free citizens from the slaves. And once Indians not taxed were excluded from enumeration, from the beginning, however, the first census separated the whites from all other free persons and all the slaves, thus building racial classification. So mulattoes in 1850, the law authorizing the 1850 census dramatically expanded the census range, and it called for statistics on agriculture, manufacture, and industry, commerce, religion, crime, wages, and other topics. It required information on each person rather than merely each household, and it required federal marshals gathering these keys, right, on people that they call mulattoes. I'm trying to tell y'all, listen, it was a war. This, this was in 1850. Civil War broke out. What, maybe, when did the Civil War broke out? maybe about 10 years after this, somewhere in there. So when the Civil War broke out, they pretty much got to the point where it was like, okay, well, we can't own land as mulattoes. Y'all putting the shit down in the census, right? Civil War. Mulattoes did not own land. This was a problem for them. Racial integrity, dog. 
Okay. Now, the reasons for enumerating mulattoes in 1850 are complex. The ideological context around any discussion of race was, as all readers know, intensely false, right? Secretary of State John C. Calhoun, for example, has sought to use the 1840 census data to show that when free, the condition of the African, instead of being improved, had become worse. He was referring to the fact that the 1840 census purportedly revealed that free blacks were overwhelmingly more likely to suffer from insanity and other disabilities than enslaved blacks and whites. Or whites. Right? So, remember, so, before they wrote this um, article, the Confederation Association, they had slavery popping off around here. Okay. It was popping off. White people were slaves, and niggas were slaves too. Okay. So, in this particular situation, Senator Joseph Underwood urged questions to determine the degree of removal from pure white and black races. He was probably influenced by Josiah Knott, the nation's preeminent racial theorist. Okay. Not wanted the census data in order to show that the mixed-race people had poor fertility and short lives and developed life insurance tables based on this, right? Where do you think they started coming up with life insurance? Now, in a classic case of politics of strange bedfellows, northern opponents of slavery also sought detailed information about individual slaves. So they were putting insurance on their slaves. They die, they get paid for that shit. Why, why they, you know, why, why wouldn't no big deal to be slaves? Huh? Now, other Southern senators, however, insisted on deleting the question about the degree of removal, along with other implicit recognized slaves as persons with lives in history, children born to female slaves in the place of birth. Race scholars and abolitionists mixed ideological and scientific desire for more data almost entirely lost out to the politicians. Now, nobles argue that identifying mulattoes brought not theories of polygenesis and the degeneracy of racial mixture into the heart of the American statistical system. Okay? So the debate over mulattoes, right, because... <laughs> It's funny to me because they, they actually want what had they had a census where they was classifying niggas as mulattoes, and I know quite a few people today who are mulattoes that would tell you they're black or they tell you they're white. They go one way or the other. So, so the debate over the mulatto category was part of the new effort to systemize the census data collection with the creation of the census board. 1850 marked the first time that the Congress solicited and subjected itself to formal input from external expert advisors. Technological changes and new disciplines of statistics stood to revolutionize the expertise of census taking and statistic industrialists. Okay? Now, the number of inquiries on the census rose from 7 in 1830 to 138 in 1850, 
questions on populations alone increased from 7 to 22. Thus, some of the questions have been seen measuring racial mixture as just one more element in a more precise and accurate demographic portrait of the nation. So in short, Mulatto arrived on the census after King Horse for polygenous racial science, right? So, you know, you can thank your scientists for putting mulattoes on there, right? Now, quadroons and octoroons, and uh, Jonas talked about this. We brought this up years ago, okay? Quadroons and octoroons in 1890, despite the change in the American racial order between 1850 and 1880, the three next census produced no revision of the mulatto category. Although in 1880, for budgetary reasons, the census provided no data on mulattoes. The reason was probably the simple fact that the bureaucratic stickiness. stickiness. However, the census again dramatically expanded in size and scope and budget and now boasted a centralized office. Okay, so they kept the whole mulatto thing. Now, in 1850, now this is interesting, in 1850, an expansion included more detail on racial mixture with regard to the color of race, and and enumerator's instructions specified, be particular, careful to distinguish between black, mulattoes, moors, quadroons, and octoroons. The word black should be used to describe those persons who have three-fourths or more black blood. Mulatto, those persons who have three-eighths, the five-eighths black blood. Quadroons, those persons who who have one-fourth black blood. Octoroons, those persons who have one-eighth trace of black blood. Or moors, those who have original blood. No instructions explain how to determine the fractions of black blood. Isn't that interesting? Now, the approximate reason for this new instruction is reasonably clear and is similar to that of the 1850s. I love how they, they bring up the Moors, but they don't, want to, they don't touch on it, right? They just kind of they hit on it, and then they move on, right? So the approximate reason for this new instruction is reasonably clear and similar to that of 1850s. Even this great expanded census office has relatively little autonomy and took direction from specific congressional mandates proposed in 1888. So they gave these niggas instructions and told them to say, go out, find the people with black blood, find the mulattoes, find the quadroons, find the quintaroons, find all of these people. But we're not going to give y'all no instructions on how to do it. Right? This is what they were doing with the census. This is what they were telling the census takers up until 1880, calling themselves, and you had people like W.E.B. Du Bois, right? You had these people who were committed to to actually, you know, getting themselves put on, getting us put on the census under a particular race. This is, this is your agent. This is your Martin Luther King. Cause, I mean, don't forget you had to get your Asiatics and all of these different people. Mulatto, the term mulatto was on the census for like four decades. 
right? So what I'll do is um, I'll make this read available. If anybody wants to check this read out, it's a really good read. It's very long. We don't have a lot of time. I don't want to spend all night on it. But it's a good read, and, and I think that it gives us a good insight into what, what was happening with this whole census, right? So we fast forward to today. And no, they're not asking you today questions like how much white blood or black blood you got. They're not asking shit like that today. They are asking you today questions like are you a U.S. citizen? Are you not a U.S. citizen? Right? And Believe me, they're not the only ones who ask these questions. You have to forgive me. I'm just trying to read a scholarly article on my phone. I'm, I normally read in front of my computer, but I'm not in front of it tonight. So I'm, I'm like read these tiny words. But peace to the gods. Call the number 347-989-0194. We're talking about the census tonight. If you want to holler at me, you got a question about anything or a comment, feel free to get yourself in the call line. I'll text you the call-in number, and uh, we'll go from there. We're talking about the census, and I, I want y'all to really get your head around the fact that the census, the Racial Integrity Act, vital statistics, matter of fact, I didn't even pull that one up. Let's let's look at that right quick, shall we? Okay. Now, vital statistics. Let me pull up Wikipedia. Okay. Vital statistics is a government database. According to births and the deaths of individuals within the government's jurisdiction. All right, that's one. Let's go to another one. Vital statistics on live births, deaths, fetal deaths, marriages, and divorces. The most common way of collecting information on these events is through civil registration. An administrative system used by governments to record vital events which occur in their population. So the efforts to improve the quality of vital statistics will therefore be closely related to the development of civil registration systems. Okay? So, vital statistics is defined by the United Nations as the total process of collecting information by civil registration or the enumeration on the frequency or the occurrence of specified and, divide and defined vital events. So, when you're born... It's a vital event. Because why? They're going to create a birth certificate. They're going to create a social security card. They're going to put you in the commerce now. And that's, that's a vital event. Vital statistics in the census go hand in hand. Walter Plecker classified people, Right? Under certain classifications. And now look, let me also tell you this. When they take the census, that also determines what what communities get different funding to go into those communities. What communities become low-income communities? You, you, you think that happens by chance? 
still a lot of shit to dig that, that they would, um, you know, properly try to put a lot of propaganda against, and, and I'm sure that they have. Like this is, because what 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 we're we talking about right now, is this is not information that's that's not known. You can go look it up. You know, but it's a matter of where do you find yourself in this information? Because yes, I went through the history, but the history is just as important as the future and the present. Because in the present time, the census still exists. Vital statistics still exist. They're still creating civil records. So, civiler mortus, tor mortus, right? Civil dead. Right? Somebody who lost all of their rights in the eyes of the law. So why are they registering you in a civil registry? Unless you civilly have already they have to register dead individuals, right? That's what they say, right? It's interesting. Real interesting. You stay right here on the bottom line. I'm your host, Joey Bounce, L. Bay. Thank you for giving me your energy tonight. I appreciate y'all. It's been a long, long, long year. Y'all know we um we did our hundredth show last week, and um, we'll be going into our first year on the air here with New Evolution. Come January, February actually. So make sure y'all. Y'all come and check us out in Atlanta this upcoming week for our New Year's Money Ritual. Look forward to seeing y'all. All right. With that said, call lines are wide open. We're going to take some calls tonight. I'd like to get your opinion. We can talk about this census thing. When did you take a census? Have you ever taken a census? What about selective service? You know, selective service registration, I believe, I, I believe it's got a lot to do with the census. They make you do selective service when you turn 18. Why did they do that? Ever wonder that? All right, let's go to the call line see what's happening. 407. Six six eight. I love me. Four oh seven six six eight. I'm gonna keep it moving. Let's go to three one oh four oh three on the bottom line. Peace to the God. Peace, what it do? It's all good. How are you? So yeah, man, I've been, uh, you know, just listening to you chop it up about the census and all that, man. I, um, that's funny you mentioned that right before I, uh, right before you got to me. I never took a census, man. I'm 40. Yeah. Um, I'll take it one. I think once in my life, maybe. Yeah. So that's, that's why I was kind of wondering how they, you know, I know they, statistics and all that, they just take that, what, cross-sampling cross, cross sampling and all yeah, that. Yeah, they come well, yeah, they come around to your house, you know, because that's what they hire the system takers. They've been doing the, the census the same way for the last, what, 200 years in this country. Yeah. You know? 
And our ancestors mm-hmm. was probably the ones who started those fences. Because we was probably trying to figure out how many white folks was in the country. Why would you need to do right. a census <laughs> of, of people who are, who, are, who are already aboriginal here? You would only do a census of people who never been here. People who coming into Yeah, the yeah, keep, right, kind of keep track of who's, what's what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is why they do it every 10 years, and they're about to do it again next year. Or I should say the year after next. We're getting close, aren't we? They, they, they got to do one every 10 years. So 2020, they're going to do one. They're going to ask you, are you a United States citizen? Just like they ask your grandma or your grandfather, um, are you mulatto? Are you Negro? Are you black? Are you colored? Remember, Walter Black put the I read the letter, right? You read the letter, right? He he told them he told them he told them niggas is trying to register as Indians and white. Yep. yep. And he put the warning out. He says he he told them say it's against the law for y'all to register them as them as that. So that that almost makes you think what's happening today. With what we teach, niggas is trying to register as being Moors on their birth certificates, and they're trying to stop you. Right. Well, th- and that's that's kind of one of the questions I was going to ask you. So, if they come around and you just on some, no, I'm not taking that. Are they just going to automatically just off of visuals put you down as black, African American, or whatever? What uh, when you're born? No, like. Like the census coming around, if you if they knock at your door and you're oh. like, no, nah, we're not taking that. Oh, well, they just gonna automatically well, put you. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is that you know that's a. I would only think that they would come around and knock at your door, um, if if you're registered in their system. Now, there's nothing. That, I don't think there's any law that says you have to take a census, even for U.S. citizens, right? So they could put down whatever they want, but that doesn't mean that you signed it. They don't know how many people live in the household because the census is, requires Joe. The census requires you to fill it out. It's not a matter of mm-hmm. so. If, I, if I'm a census taker, I come by, right, and I still have to gather information from you. So just because you open the door, that don't mean that you live there. That don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. How do they know that you that that you are more or that you're African American until you open the door and speak to them? If you even do that. They have to go on to the next house, and historically, I've seen them do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I was wondering because, like I said, my my entire life, I don't ever think I've ever, I've never gotten a census mailed to me. I've never had nobody knock on my door. I never nothing. Like, yeah. I never now you know what's funny? I got called. I got called for jury duty one time. Right, mm-hmm. so I took a census, and I think this is what happened. I took a census. It was like maybe two thousand and maybe about two thousand and eleven, somewhere in there. I took a census somewhere. Uh, it was two thousand ten. I think it's when they did census. Two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand ten. Yeah, that was the last time I took mm-hmm. a census. I, I think I believe so. So I took a census, and then I think right after that. I got called for fucking jury duty. <laughs> yeah, man. That was like that was like right before I started getting on this information. Real tough. Right. So, you know, we we talking about yeah. 
You know, because I was on the information, but not, but but not like I was now. And had I known, I probably would have never taken it since then. But you know, we, back then we didn't know. Shit, yeah. we didn't even know what a U.S. citizen was fully. You know. We we just so, knew we was we just knew we had passports. We was here. Right. I got a passport. I can get what you got. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so that um so say you get a census this year or this coming up year, you and your current situation, uh your your status, how would you fill it out or would you or Um, you know, if I was to fill it out, right, then I would probably go with um, the, the question on the census that, that that asked me the fifth category, and the fifth category is not a U.S. citizen, and and it doesn't ask a non-citizen whether they were in the country legally or not. Right? So it doesn't it doesn't even ask that information. So it, now, will I fill one out? No, I don't have a reason to. I don't even need to participate in that. It's not my it's not my fight, right? I don't participate in the public controversy. But if you was to participate in that and fill that out, you know, then that's what. And now here's another thing: some people say, "Well, if you fill it out, it becomes part of the record." Then you, you know, the people can go back and look it up. Well, bullshit! I can go and file something in the county and make it part of the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know why yeah. you file something yeah, you... in the county, bro? Why that? Your ancestors created the counties, right? Your ancestors knew that by creating the counties and making the political subdivisions um, subservient to the counties, right? That um, you 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 could have a way to 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 retain your historical information. Like you, like if you if you see how your ancestors like methodically did that with the with the counties, you would be you'd be impressed, man. We had some very smart ancestors. You know what the fuck they were oh, doing? Yeah. Just like the counties, right? Got Catholic counts sitting in them, where there's millions, sometimes hundred millions, sometimes billions of dollars. Sitting in them capper accounts that you can't touch because you're not in your correct status that your ancestors was in when they left the money to you. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting shit. If you think about it, all yeah. of this shit ties in together, man. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now, I heard, uh, I heard that one caller on uh, on Friday. I think it was where he. He asked you the million dollar question about those securities and the, being a private person. <laughs> I'll repeat that. Oh, know. yeah, that's, yeah. you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always, you know, I mean, even with those, it's not a big secret, bro. Businesses do them all day long. You know, I just don't yep. go into that shit on the air because I'm not, um, you know, there's certain rules that you have to play by um, under the SEC. So, certain things I, I'm not going to discuss. But right. yes, if you are if you're if you're intuitive enough to understand how the SEC works, yeah. You got a business, you can do you can you can make some money. That's all I'm gonna say. Right. You know, right. but it's not for it's not it, systems like that are not for the purpose of uh getting rich quick. 
shit like that is set up for the purpose of you being able to to actually develop community and build and do things that um that that will give growth back to your community. You understand? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, and that's what I honestly that's the that's the understanding I got of all this information and why we you know however many of us that's on it really going trying to get this done is we supposed to be the ones that's that's supposed to do that once you know what happens is going to happen we're supposed to be the ones to get that business and everything popping off after that transition so, yeah exactly yeah yeah that's why that's why i'm learning what i'm learning yeah man i you know i i was blessed to to to, to walk through those gates and you know, have, have a lot of shit handed to me, right? You know, be, because of the hard work. You know, so we got more work to do. But you know, just tell people, I mean, it's worth the journey. It's not a journey; it's a mm-hmm. process. So the process is, is worth is what it's worth. Let me let, let me correct myself. It's it's worth the process. Oh yeah, yeah, straight up, straight up, man. Now, um, real quick, you when you start talking about the counties, that made me uh, just go back to something I was researching the other day. I was kind of looking up my, uh, you know, straw man's last name and all that, and it led me to this uh, this thing out of Virginia. It was like House of uh, House of something. It started with a B. House of something, um, and it was talking about Virginia and how House of Burgess. They, yeah, that's it. Yep, yeah, Burgess, and. Um, it, it went to Virginia, and they were talking about how at one point they had some some kind of famine or something happened one winter, and then, you know, they called them Indians or Native Americans came in and, like, killed a bunch of them the next winter, and then the winter after that they had another, you know, famine or something. And so basically the people back in England, like the, the, the crown or whatever, was like, yo, they fucking up, and they revoked it, and they took Virginia back and put it up under the crown back then. And so I was kind of wondering about that. They say they revoked their charter. The Virginia company got their charter revoked, and it went back under the crown. Yeah. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting because they got counted. Yeah, and then went under common law. Yeah, because and they got counties out there like they got Prince Williams County, Prince George's County. You know, Prince they got George, yeah, PG like, County. County. Yeah, that's funny got, you asked yeah. me. I think about that the other day actually. Yeah. So like PG County, right? It it, it was a county. Of of the crown, mm-hmm. right? So they was establishing counties too. Yeah, yeah. All, man, all of this, man. Listen, bro. The the residuals of of what happened is still playing out today, and people don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nigga, yo, and you I know, was, your block, nigga. Your block is owned by the crown. Right. <laughs> yep. And then what I and then it also made me look at a lot of the cities, well not a lot, but a few of the cities out in that whole area, like from Baltimore down to Richmond. Like you get mm-hmm. you get these cities that are they're within Seven a county cities. but they're not part of the county. Yeah. Yeah. Richmond is yeah, Virginia's like got their own seven thing. cities. Yeah. Yeah, you got uh, uh, Richmond, Baltimore. Hampton, Norfolk, Suffolk. Uh, what else am I missing? Richmond, Hampton, Norfolk, Suffolk. Uh, 
What else am I? Oh, um, Newport News. Portsmouth. Portsmouth part of that or not? Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, yeah. Portsmouth and Newport News. Yeah. Those are your, those are yeah. your seven cities. Those are your seven cities in Virginia. And then you got counties. And, uh, you got Hampton, city of Hampton. You got Hampton County. Right, so yeah, that's just okay. Well, for these motherfuckers in county cities, because the the cities, I, I can't imagine this, the cities are subservient to the counties. Yeah, but but see, and that's the point I was bringing up is like, uh, like for Baltimore, for instance, like you got Baltimore, and it's right in Baltimore, it's right in the middle of the county, but it's not part of the county. Like it's its own Baltimore city. Like it's separate. Yeah, the county well, it's like the same thing here. You got Kansas City, city of Kansas City, and then you got Jackson County. And people who work for the city of Kansas City actually they checks are cut by Jackson County because the city is serving it to the county. The city actually works for the county. It's like in there. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, man, it's trickled out of yeah, this is the trickle down effect. What you saying? Mm-hmm. Cause shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's all I had, man. I was speaking what you put down. Yeah, this is Will. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I got you today. Yeah, no you doubt. got it right. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna throw that away. Uh, yeah, I got you today. <laughs> I got you, no doubt, my man. All right, bro. Appreciate you, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Peace to the God. Let's go to nine one zero three two two. Nine one oh three two two. You all right, we're moving on. Two one five six one seven. Two one five six one seven. What the hell's going on tonight, man? You saw sitting back chilling. Five six two five eight eight. Peace, God. Peace to the God. Oh, well, then to the yeah, the that piece that you put on a lot. Um, I don't know if you went in on it at all with the, the Murkers, Murkers Society. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Moors in court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about and <clears throat> what? Did you, have you ever gone in on, like, the errors in, in, in it? Or, or yeah, yeah, I have before. I, I've, I've actually done a show on that before. I did probably did a show on that about... Almost probably about a year and a half, maybe two years ago now. I did a show on on the Morrison Court. Yep, they got a lot. Of, they, they do have a lot of errors. I'll say that for sure. Right, okay. It's like if you if, if you notice in there, she told them that um things have to be done properly, right? And she kept trying to tell right. them you need to, you, you need to file a motion. Right. He wasn't trying to hear that though. These niggas do a lot of legal jargon. They do a lot of talking in there. You ain't got to do all that talking, man. You let your paperwork speak for you. Right, of course. Of course. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, y'all Ooh, say less than necessary, man. Yeah, because it's a good piece, but, yeah, it just seemed like it had some errors, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. It's got errors in it. I, I like I, I like to play it, though. Um, I, I yeah. like the dude's tenacity, you know? I still like his tenacity. And, and, and I can appreciate n- niggas who still, who still even um, have the balls to stand on their square. Most people yeah, won't do it. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but absolutely. And you could tell he he the Constitution. He, he presented the study. Yeah, he and studied. He did. Yeah, he did study. Now that's the other thing too, though, is that they didn't really use that Constitution like they should have in those cases. They used a lot of special right. law and a lot of case law to try to uphold their argument. They should have stuck strictly to the Constitution. That's what I'm seeing through. Through evolution and hindsight, you know. That's what I. So yeah, man. I was, I was happy. Like I could see it with different eyes, like new eyes. So. Well, yeah, no doubt. I mean, cause like that. That's really what it's about. It's, it's it's not so much about listening to it and then and then trying to emulate it. That's not that's not what you want to do. You know what I mean? You want to develop your own right. style with this, but you want to have the information so down packed that you know. Oh, no, what he did is not right. Let me do this so I don't have that problem. Because I think them niggas end up getting locked up. Right, right, right. And I I think they lost that case in the end, you know. But, I mean, a lot of times... And she said, said, go ahead. Yeah, she she played around with them. They do. That's exactly what they and, uh, do. Yeah. I had a I had a question about the, the passport. The, All right. Wait. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the questions on the air. Um, as far as the I I tell you if I'm not gonna answer. Go ahead. Okay. The the super well, it's not the it's the super injunction, but it's it's really the the national the national passport. And because I know you you have to present a birth certificate, and uh, but can you present a birth certificate that's authenticated from a different country? Now that's a good question. So so here, here here's the thing. You what, what country are you from? You sound like you're from South America. Yeah, Mexico. Mexico, right? Okay. All right. Como esta? Bien, bien. All right, all right, all right, bien. I talked to you in Spanish, so half these niggas wouldn't understand. <laughs> so here's, here's, here's the thing, though, right? So so check it out. Um, Because you're not from the United States, you have to – now, are you, a, are you a U.S. citizen? Have you naturalized? Um. Well, they, they no. They have like expired visas, expired visa something. Like now they're kind of yeah expired. They something like that. So you got a visa. So you got a visa that's expired. So the, the main issue that that you're gonna run into, right, is is and, and here's what we figured out is you can you can always try to apply because you are an American. 
Right. Right. And see, but you just, just not what they call a North American. <laughs> so they don't want to get it. It is North American, too. I mean, that well, could be well, that's North technically American. true. That, that That's technically true. But they, but they, they have these invisible borders, right? And they want to say that that's right. South America or whatever, right? Central America or whatever. But here's the thing. The issue that, that we've had, and, and you may, may take note of this, is that they won't allow you to get a national passport the way you want to get it. You have to come in as a national of your own country first, which you are, right? Which you've never, you haven't relinquished that. So... You get your own country to recognize you as a national, and then they will recognize you as a national when you do that process uh, here. Right. You see what right. I'm saying? Oh. So, yeah. So not not a Mexican citizen. You're a Mexican national. National. Okay. Gotcha. So you need gotcha. to cor- correct this status there, and then they'll correct the status here. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. Well, yep. And then, that's um, how, unfortunately, that's how it has to work when you're not when you're not born here. Because I had a couple cats in Jamaica I was working with, um, and that's the solution we ended up having to go with. But it worked out. They were able to get the national passport. Not from here. Oh, okay. Not, they got not it over there. Not, not yet. Yeah, they got it over there, but not yet over here. They give you a hard time getting that passport over here, man. People think that's easy. That ain't no walk in the park. Y'all have fun with that. (laughs) That ain't no walk in the park, man. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, that ain't no walk in the park, man. Me and I give you like a test, man. Well, yeah, they they test you with everything. Just like they test you with the birth certificate. They test you, of course. They test you to see if if you know who you are, if you know what you're doing. If you know what you're saying is is correct, if your documents are correct, they oh yeah, they test you. It's not a game. They don't treat it like a game, and I, and you shouldn't either. That's that's what I tell people. You know, because cause, cause here's the thing, they they're not playing with people's lives, right? They're not playing with your life when they lock you up and give you and give you and give you 15 to life. You see what I'm saying? Right. So right. You shouldn't be playing when it comes to identifying who you are versus who you're not, which makes a big difference when it comes to even situations like that. You see what I'm saying? So it, it really does does make a difference. Cause see, see, I want you to think about it like this, right? You're a Mexican national. Let's say you you was to commit a crime here, and they wanted to lock you up for committing a crime here. Well, as as a U.S. citizen or a um, a Mexican. Citizen that came over here and got a green card, all of that gives them jurisdiction. You see? Right. Right. Mm. What you want to do is eliminate the minimum contacts that you have with these people. You got every right to be here, just like anybody else. Native to the landmass we call Mexico. In America. And before you what get you the passport, before you get that passport, mm-hmm. let's say you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're not currently a U.S. citizen. You have to reduce the minimum contacts. 
to get that, or is it just? I, I would recommend separate. so. I mean, I would I would recommend so. That that's that's normally the best way to go. You know, a, a minimum contact. You know, is it, it can inhibit you from 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 completing what you need to complete. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes sometimes it don't matter. Sometimes it's just your eyesight and how you move and your timing and all of that. Sometimes it's just a matter of that, man. You know, everybody's different, bro. Right. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? So everybody's yeah. situation going to come out a little bit different, which you should expect. But it don't right. mean that you can't get it done. And, and I'm not saying that you can't attempt to try it. You might try it and be the first person to get the type of passport. But you should know that in this system, they're going to classify you as whatever you tell them you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how these people move. Whether we're talking about the birth certificate, passport, anything else. Yeah, we live in a time, bro, where they're going to allow you to tell them who you are. <laughs> they're not taking guesses no more. They can't afford to. Assumptions make asses out of you and me, right? No more assumptions. Government, by, by 2020, says we're not assuming no more. We're going to start asking you niggas directly now. You know? And they already yeah, it's a liability. Yeah, but they still assume. They still assume in their court. Of course, it's a liability, but they still assume in the courts. They they assume that you're a U.S. citizen unless you make a presumption that you're not. Unless you rebut, unless you rebut that presumption, yeah. What my man say in the movie? You are what you are in this world. <laughs> you know. I appreciate you calling, bro. It is what it is. Hey, all right, peace to the gods, man. Keep it moving. Peace to the gods, man. Mm -hmm. Peace. All right. See, I don't know. We got everybody listening, man. We're going on Spanish Brothers. Let's go to 610726. What's happening? Peace to the God, my brother Joey. What's up, bro? How you doing? Peace to the God. Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Hey, man, I, I never got a census, man. I never did one before. I never filled it out. I never talked to those people before. That's, That's interesting. interesting. You know, most they... people, I, I, I think maybe maybe your parents did. What about, what about that? Oh, I'm, uh, you know what? I'm probably sure they did. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. probably my mom mm-hmm. did. So I that's when they put your, your name on there. I'm sure. I'm sure. You, you you know what's crazy? I was talking to my old man, right? And he went and looked. He went and looked up uh, his name online and shit. And he was looking some shit up. He's like, man, they got all of my goddamn information online. He was like, literally everything, man. He said, ain't nothing about me that you can't find online, right? So it's like public records. Your shit, dog. That's why it's so important to scrub yourself out of their records, man. They got they keep records on you, bro. Heavy records. Yeah, 
Yeah, I noticed that. I, um, I've been going through all these minimum contacts, and I think I got them all. But I noticed that on last Friday's show when Akeem came in, y'all was talking about you got to do something with the SS5, and I know I didn't do nothing with that. So I guess that's coming soon. I'm going to have to get on that. I don't, I'm just trying to make sure I shore all that stuff up, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all of these shits is, is, is minimum contact, man. SS five was, you know, I, I don't. I gotta talk to him exactly and see what he did with his. But I know that that the S it's like the SS four, man. That shit's filled out when you're trying to get the social, man. Right. Yeah, you know, so that's done. Yeah. That's done at your birth. I got a little letter. I got one made up to send because I card, really is all it is. Well, I did one for. I think I I got something else. I got a a, a nonprofit corporation that I had from like ten years ago that I never did nothing with. I want to, you know, rescind that. But now when I called uh-huh. in. They hit me with the, you know, they got a form for it that it costs $70 to do. So they hit me with that, you know. But now when I'm coming in with my religious and I'm doing it because of those relig- those um, those reasons, and I'm using the Constitution, you know, that's yeah, a wave and attack. It should, and do that, do that to bring that up. And the only thing about it is they're a private organization, so... Um, even though they are, I mean, they're under the Constitution, they probably should have somebody's taking an oath there. Um, That's the Secretary of State. Yeah. I mean, it's either you spend the $70 or, or, or you spend the time mailing, writing a letter, mailing it out, and waiting and doing all of that versus just getting the results you need quicker. Me, if it was me, you know I'd what? The, the quick route. Just get what I need. The quick route. Okay. Yeah, because I was actually, when you said that, Joey, I thought of it, man. If the, the mailings, the three mailings to to default them, going to the CEO, that's that's going to cost 70 bucks. At least. <laughs> it's going to be that. Yeah, so, same thing. Yeah, at least. At least that. So, you know, I mean, you know, like, path of least resistance, man, when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> That's crazy. Because it's like that, the only thing out there other than the thing that Akeem was saying something about. And that's the only thing, two things I can think of um, that I got out there. Because I did the voting thing. I, I rescinded the voting. What if, I did that. Uh, did, you have, did, did you ever register for selective service? That's one a lot of us know about when you're 18. No, I didn't. But you know what? I was in the military four years. I got a I got a DD fourteen. Oh yeah. You don't want to mess your DD two fourteen up, but you got but that's a contract with them. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know if you, yeah, but yeah. my my, but my mean, situation might be a little different than what you're mostly getting. You got a con- Cause you got, cause you're still entitled to claim where you are. That that would measure. It shouldn't mess up your benefits, but you need to look at the contract. Well, you know what? That okay. Actually, oh, all right. Let let me break it down. 
what they put you under when you go into the military and what the deal is is it's four years um on right active is what right. they put, active duty right. And then, right. and then when you get out, right, what happens is there's four years inactive. So right. you and, sign and up, And then after that, you go to a civilian status? Yes, like you're back to regular. You're not a part of it no more. You just got your so DB-214. how long has it been for you? Oh, yeah, I've been out since 2001, so. Oh, okay, yeah. so you you back on the, so you're back on the civilian status, so. What you need to do is is, is look at the uh, what they call the bylaws or the rules of the DD two fourteen, which I'm I'm very well aware of that. That's when they give you the housing credit to go buy a house. So, um, I mean, you just need to look at the rules and all of that of how that moves. Um, okay. But you shouldn't have no problem because that would almost be like discrimination, wouldn't it? Yeah, that, that would be that, taking that would my be choice like, away from me. Right, it'd be like retaliation or discrimination if they tried to stop that. So I don't see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> when I went into the military, a lot of the paperwork that we filled out, you know, I didn't notice it at the time, but I'm pretty sure we filled out a UCC one, man. Hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. You probably did. we filled out for all of our uniforms right when we got you know you get your uniforms and you get every the way it's done is it's done in your whole flight and mass and stuff so you do it all together but when we did it i i i remember that form when we was going over this for our non-ucc's and everything it was all coming back to me like i've seen this before like yeah wow. it had you figure that out now the to be able to be asking yourself is when you throw that out, who was the secure party on it? It was the last name first. Everything was last name first and your last four of your social after it. Uh-huh. So anytime you filled out anything or signed anything, yeah, yeah, they told you to do your last name first and your last four of your social, never to give you full, but the so last the, four. So what, yeah, you're telling that, that, us, what you're telling us is the, the government... In the military, had you do a UCC on yourself, and they had you put your, <laughs> your, your 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 last name first as the creditor over over the straw man. And that's that's you know you know, yeah, that, you know why yeah. Those are yeah, that's it. yo all they do yo all they do <laughs> is they, they they do that so that this way they. You you're basically paying for yourself to be in the service. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're paying for your equipment, your your gear and all that shit. But they didn't want you to know how to do it for yourself so they didn't really tell you what you were doing. Yeah, you bought That's yourself. crazy. That's crazy. It's pretty cool. We do the same forms and stuff that you use to Right, because it's hey, these yep. are the same forms you use to um, handle your estate and handle you, you know your stuff if you were um, your own person, you know. That's right, crazy. exactly. Yeah, man, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 I'm not the, see, see, see. Here's the thing: I'm not surprised that the government would even mm-hmm. make you do that because 
what we're talking about are bonds, war bonds, government bonds. You've got to bond the people that's going to war. You don't think if a nigga dies right at war, they don't get insurance off of that, do you? Well, yeah, you know, that's how that works. Without saying all that, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's, oh, I mean, it's true. It's commerce. If somebody, if a soldier passes away, yeah, if a soldier passes away, there's insurance on that, on their life. So, yeah, your, maybe your family's got life insurance on you, but the government has insurance on you, too. Yeah, they said, uh, I watched a movie that Michael, the dude, Michael Moore, he got a movie on that called yeah. Capitalism, and he breaks down yeah. that very subject. Now, he's yeah. breaking it down with the companies like Walmart and stuff, so, you know, if they're doing it, you know, <laughs> if it trickled down to the regular companies being able to do it, then you know where it came from. <laughs> so... Yeah, man, it's just wild. I wanted to, to, to holler at you about that. Oh, and then one more thing. Do, do y'all have anything in y'all state called, like, Real ID coming? Real ID. You know, like, did you know, going to need that for your passport or to get into man, the I federal you said, I, I didn't hear nothing you said. They dropped me, bro. They got dropped. You got to repeat that. <laughs> Started getting to that info, <laughs> man. They dropped me. I know how be. Yeah, no. That this is. Did you ever get anything in your state, right, or hear anything that's coming along in your state called Real ID? Yeah, we talked about that. We did a show on Real ID. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Real ID is 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 the government's attempt, just like the census is. It's their attempt to make people start classifying themselves. They're like, look, we can't classify you, so we're gonna make you. We're gonna make you classify yourself, and and then we're gonna make your state give you government ID. So you either gonna get ID. So like in Missouri, Missouri was one of them states that had opted out for a couple of years, and then they started putting stars on the ID. So now all the IDs got stars on them to show that they ain't government compliant. They're government IDs. It's federal, it's federal ID. You can travel whatever you want to, really. Nobody got rules on that. You travel whatever you want to travel with. You just, when you decide to travel overseas, you don't need a passport. If you want to fly. If you want to fly. If you want to fly. And it, it seems like all this new stuff that's coming about how you have to uh, classify yourself and everything like that. It seems like that works in our favor, man, because we're sitting of here really like, classifying yeah, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely it does. Yeah, absolutely it does. But see, the thing about it is, and, and, and we, we keep going over this, right, that they want, they want people to classify themselves. You got Trump who, who wants to get rid of the 14th Amendment. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you start looking at things, you're like, man, I, they really are trying to bring this republic back. And they're trying to give people mm-hmm. an opportunity, just like when, it, like when we had a republic. You had people who were slaves, people who wasn't slaves. 
listen. Yeah, you can't run with no lines forever. You got you're gonna have to slow down and uh, let that catch up with you a little bit. You know what I mean? You can't you can't just run with with that forever now. And um, your own choice, man. Good. We all got choices though. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's always great talking to you, man. You know, likewise, um, brother. So, thank you, bro. I'm I'm waiting for you to come to Philly, and uh, oh, no doubt, I'll be out there soon. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm, I'm I'm gonna be there for you. So, with that, I'm gonna yield the floor, oh, man. Shit. Peace to the God. All right, peace, peace to the God. All right, let's go to seven seven three, uh, five six nine. Say peace. <laughs> Seven seven three five six nine. Chicken, chicken Oh, that's you. I'm gonna come back to you. Hey, seven seven three. How you doing, young yeah. man? All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm great, fantastic. Just listening to the show. Yeah, I was liking what you was talking about earlier with the United States. Them asking us how to sign our name and stuff. I, I mean, I mean, uh, what did you say about the? Uh, are we US? <laughs> yeah, because I see that question more now. I never paid attention to it, Chad. Now I see that. Now, I don't know take, how to answer I haven't took that thing. You don't know, you don't know how to answer it. Well, are, you, no. are you a citizen? No, I don't think so. Not not twenty eighteen. <laughs> I didn't change, Chad. My status. I no longer you <laughs> I didn't change. <laughs> yes, indeed. They don't make them songs for nothing. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's going on? I, what's on your mind? You got a question? Oh no, I don't have no question. I was just listening. You're doing a great job. Ooh, you just ooh, well, you, you. Just keep your moving. Yeah, yeah. Well, All right, I thank you. For, you. I appreciate you. Thank you for your energy. Yes, peace to the God. All right, peace to the God. <laughs> you know, I had a, I had a, uh, a great grandmother who used to sound like her. Yeah, that she had that voice like her. It's clear mistake. Five six two five eight. Hey, peace to the gods. Peace. Uh, we were talking earlier. Roxa had another question. I don't know if I could. Okay, go ahead. That's about the notary. I, I got something notarized. Um, and it was actually an online notary. Um, like I'm in Cali. And uh, the notary was from Virginia. And it was like via the, the internet like a live session they notarize uh-huh. for the for the postal uh, for the iPostal okay. um, so there's you know there's a few states I guess that can they can notarize um, any other state yeah yeah documents for you there are a couple of states but yeah I would think that it would almost be all states even though it's not like a well known fact because you got to remember that you got full faith and credit across the United States. That's what I'm asking. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah, which means that it's 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 um it's applicable throughout the entire territories, which is all of the countries that we call the states. I would think, right? And it makes sense right. because if you do something. If you if you do something and you send it to the government and you got it notarized, they will they'll they'll take note of it. Why? Because what's a notary? Yeah, notary's uh, a witness to, to the constitution or, or officer of the court or. Uh, there you go. Sure. There you go, my man. There you go, officer of the court. That's what a notary is. So anytime you use a notary, that you're having an officer of the court stipulate the facts. So I would think that anywhere in the, in the 50 states would be cool. And you said you did yours too, I-Postal? I-Postal, yeah. Yeah, cool. When they were trying to verify the, the address and everything, they wanted to. Um, I was a little confused about that too because I know how we're not really, we're trying to stay in the private, but it seemed like you know, it seemed like it was a little uh, public that the, the post office well, was trying to get an address. Yeah. Oh, the post office? Post office or I-Postal? Uh, I-Postal. But they, you know, they make you fill out a form that... Oh, yeah, it's, it's other people. services that you can use, too, though. They're the only one. Okay. What you need All to right. do is get you what they call a private mail courier. Okay. All right. So, matter of fact, I, so that would, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think the next brother that that's coming on, I think um, I'll ask him when he comes on. But I, I think that he he found one. I ask him to shout it out. Okay. So when they do ask you for the, because Akeem kept uh, for the last couple of years he's been talking about high postal but is it because it did it change or because I well, one time I no, asked you can still use our postal nah, you can still use our postal I mean they're going to ask you for information it doesn't mean you have to give them all of the other information remember man you give out the information that you choose to give out to these people they only got what you choose to give them yeah yeah, that's true. That's true because they said you could have a passport and then um, an insurance, like uh, driver's insurance or something like that, has your address or a deed or some sort of agreement. Now, you don't have to present the driver's license. But um, my question is, does, is it going to tie, is that going to tie me back to it? That's what I'm trying to avoid, like, my, my well, I don't know what you're doing. What are you? Well, well, it depends on. I mean, I think you you putting a lot of pressure on iPostal. iPostal is just it's just simply a service so you so you can receive mail or have another address for to use for like VPN. But exactly. I mean, that's not a big that's that's not a big deal. I mean, it, now if you use an old address to establish that iPostal address, um. That might be in a database somewhere. I can't. I can't tell you that. I don't know for certain. But you know, you always want to try to cover your tracks. So, 
um, you know, you you want to try not to use an address that's associated with your old address when you are establishing things like that, just to avoid that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Um, all right. I'm gonna take it. Reach. All right. Let's go to um two two five. Three, two, four. Peace to the God. Peace to the God. Hey, ain't you Peace got to the postal service? Well, I got um a private uh mailbox. Yeah, all he got to do is Google, Google, Google in his uh city a private mailbox, and um something should pull up. So that's what I did. And that's what okay. I used. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, so what's going on? Uh, not too much. How you doing, bro? Oh, I'm good, bro. Appreciate it. I ain't no complaints. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, man. My girl got a uh, birth certificate back authenticated all the way up. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, that's what's up. Yeah, she she excited about that. Trying to make another move. She uh uh-huh. trying about to get this other little business. Trying to get this business going. Um. Uh, she do this uh this hair oil to make your hair grow. Um, natural wow. herbs she use. Yeah, okay. she um she do that. Yeah, we about to get off into that. And um oh, yeah, yeah we've been watching watching your your webinar, the Tactics and Business. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, we've been watching that. Um, um, I'm 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 gonna hit you on the private. I got some more questions about that. I know you ain't got it in front of you. But, okay. Um, no problem. Yeah, we've been we've been checking that out, and I got my car all the way in the trust. Got all that straight. Oh, okay. Um, That's what's up. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Um, man, when I when I first started sharing this information with my mom, she used to look at me crazy. But when I showed her about the trust, I got my car to trust. She was excited, you know. So <laughs> she started. Yeah, my mom started to understand a lot more man. about it. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and, yeah. And, and people around you will. It's just a matter of you got to be that anchor to show people, man. That's always a good feeling. Right, 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 man. man. It's a good feeling to ride like that too, bro. I, I appreciate you, man. I ain't lying. Oh, for sure, bro. No yeah. doubt, no doubt. You, you earn that. Yeah, you that, man. You, you know what? Yeah. You, you, you did all the leg work. Right. right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it, but um, yeah, man, I came in a little late, but um, I never filled out no censors either. The census, I never did that myself. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people ever filled out that census. Interesting. Right. I mean, I have received it in the mail, but I just I ignored it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, I think I did they got throw it in the trash. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah. that, that's all, hmm. you know, that's the interesting thing about, let, let me see here. How many censuses have I been to see? 1990, 2000, 2010. So I can remember two censuses that, that came in. I think one year I threw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. 
But I threw mine in the trash. I ain't. I didn't even deal with it because I knew one thing. I wouldn't put no black African on there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we're doing that. So yeah, I threw it away. You know. <laughs> that was before I, you know, I, I I knew about the information y'all was bringing. You know, if I knew, you right, know, no about y'all information back then, I would have filled it out. Told them exactly I who I who I am. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. No doubt. But um, good show, man. I'm gonna have to go back and uh, re-listen to it. Yeah, no I doubt. I, I no caught doubt. it in the middle. Sure. Caught it in the middle. Y'all always go back and listen to all y'all shows. But um. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. I'm, 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 by the way, all, all of our shows are. On podcast, so if you got podcast on your phone, you can go in there and download all of the replays. Somebody asked me that. Okay, so that's what's up, man. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um, I'm try to hit you up sometime this week on, on, on some other stuff about that uh tax exempt business. Okay. Cause like I, I know you ain't got your information in front of you right now, but uh, I'm gonna get with you sometime next week. No problem. All right, man. Appreciate no, you, bro. I'm gonna yield the floor. Talk to you soon, bro. All okay, right. Peace to the God. All right. Peace to the God. Okay, let's go to three one zero four zero three. Peace. Peace. Bro, bro, I had to come back in. Uh, but real quick. What's up with that podcast, man? I still like to this day. I got I got an iPhone for my work phone. I got an Android phone for my personal phone. I can't get y'all shit on podcast. Man, somebody else I, said that too, man. Um, I cannot get it. It's all it's on the podcast. That's crazy too. I'm I tell you what. I'll I'll, uh, I'll hit you after the show, man. And send you a link. I, I tried the link. All that, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this. They blocking me or something, but yeah. But uh, the best way to do it, what you got an iPhone? I got I got both. I got one for work and I got one for my personal. So I, I tried it on both. You, I can't get it. What you do is you go to the blogtalkradio.com homepage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, backslash um, uh, what is it? Blog talk. So it's blogtalkradio.com backslash New Evolution Radio. Right, so you go to the homepage. When you're on the homepage, you gotta click the little purple icon. There's a little yep. icon, and that icon should take you on your phone. If it'll take you to the podcast store. That's that's the one I tried. I tried that. <laughs> For real, I don't know what it is, man. I'm, I keep trying, but yeah, I tried that. I tried that on both the phones. I done tried. Like three or four different podcast apps, all that, man. I'm, I'm a little tech savvy and I can't get it, man. I don't know. But uh, that's that's interesting. I'm um I might have to address that issue because uh, somebody else told me it was like, man, I I was digging and I finally got to it. Okay, yeah, I might just have to keep trying. Man. Hold uh, on, I, I just I, I sent the I just sent the link to your phone. That's and, what's up. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, try to use that link. And um, but see, that's not an iPhone link. So 
you text me from my iPhone, I'll send you an iPhone on. Okay. Okay, that's what's up. I'll do both. All right. All right. But, um, well, the reason I was kicking back in, um, that dude that was talking about the notary, that it made me think about uh, notaries. I had a couple questions. Um, one was, if, if you're doing a notary out of state and really can't, really can't take it to the county and verify it, huh? You have to, there's no way you can verify out of state notary. Um, like okay. you probably you buy you buy with that by mail to that, to that county and had them do it. Oh, okay. Only way you okay. can do it. Yeah, and then if uh, like if you're doing something like administrative process to go ahead and take a debt collector in a court or something like that, if your notary's stamp is a little off or something, like you go in to try to verify them for something else and they won't verify it. Does that pretty much fuck mm-hmm. up your whole administrative process? Because the notary protest, like if they got a if they got a stamp on there that has like the wrong commission date or something on there, is that gonna mess up the whole the whole case? Oh, um, not necessarily unless somebody's just paying close attention to that. But I mean, no, that's that's not a that, that's not really no fault of your own, is it? Yeah. Okay. And uh, all right. And then my last question on the notary. So I've been I've done a whole bunch of them. I never thought to ask. So like on a notary presentment page, when you you're basically doing it so the notary saying they they sealed the envelope and sent out these documents, right? They they signed that right as the affiant like saying that they did that and then they notarize their own signature? Yeah, basically. That's what notaries okay. do. And that's why I was like, I didn't know if, it, I was kind of wondering if a notary could notarize their own signature like that for that page. Yeah, that's, that's what, what made me yeah, ask the question. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, that's what notaries do. Okay. They attest. They attest to it. They sign their name. And they put their stamp and they seal on it. Okay. Okay. So they signed it. They do They saying they did it. Gotcha. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure because yeah. I, yeah. like I said, I sent out however many. But uh, yeah, that's all I have, man. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. When you when you're using a notary to send something out and you do it through them, like the notary uh, protest or, or you send anything out administrative process to a notary. Um, it's okay for the notary to to not to notarize and say that they sent it out because they're officer of the court. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. What? What's up? All right then. All right. Peace to the God. Peace. Seven five seven two seven four. Peace to the God. Hey, what's going on? I just got one question, bro. Um, no, I did not receive the censor. What, how do you say it? Censor. No, I did not receive one of them. I never received one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I do got a question. Um, when you guys say authenticate 
the um get the affidavit authenticated. Uh-huh. We'll get the notary signature authenticated. Um, I want to make sure uh-huh. I take that uh-huh. to the right place. Do I do I okay. send that? All to the authentication um the secretary of state? No. Or am I taking that no. to the county? Yeah, take it to the county. Let the county has the Oh, oh right, so, so 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 it's it's, it's, it's the thing. You, you gotta go where the notary has the commission held at. So sometimes it's with the secretary of state, sometimes it's with the county. Depends on where you live. So I have to go to the people who gave the notary her commission. The notary yep. commission. Yeah, like wh- wh- whoever has her commission on file. That's where you go to do that. And they will authenticate the notary signature. Right. All right. Um, no, I'm going to get straight to it. will probably be my best bet. Secretary of State, because I was on the website, right, and they said they do authenticate notary signature. Um, I really don't understand well, good. about... That's all you need to know then. Okay. I really ain't got to understand where they get their power from yet. I ain't really deep into the laws. I'm not versed with the law yet. I'm getting versed with it. So, another question would be about I was in the um, the archives. They were talking about once you file the affidavit, um, you can set up for the suit. If I'm correct, I don't know if I'm correct or not. The tort claims. Um, the brother, the brother Keith Fay was explaining that even if they did record, once you got the affidavit authenticated and you attached it, he said even if they did record your um your affidavit and the, the copy or the he said he was recording the copy of the, uh, the certificate. Title. And he said, even if they did record, you still could set up for the suit once your organization was on file for the public to see. Um, I don't know if I'm correct. I don't, that's what I was asking, making sure I heard that correct. Or was it extra steps that I had to finish within the process before I could set up for tort claims and stuff like that? Mm. Well, if you're going to do a tort claim against anything, um, like with the violation of your rights, you want to make sure that you have an injunction there first. And then if you do a, a tort claim, you follow the administrative procedure. You send out three letters, and then you follow it up with a summary judgment. And then after that, you go into a complaint. Um, if, if you've done everything through a notary, then you'll have, you know, a, your notarial process will be involved and included with the beginning steps of, you know, uh, communication in terms of get, actually getting money before you got to sue. Now, if it's equity against, like, you're trying to sue, like, the police or something like that, then we're talking about their bond. And now we're talking about hitting their oath and, you know, <clears throat> actually going after the actual insurance company. So that's another, that's a whole other situation. So we, these are different situations, brother, that, that um, you have to evaluate what works best for you 
But the process don't never change when you're doing a lawsuit. It's all the time. Okay. Yeah, I really wasn't even not in any trouble. You know, I was just tuning in, making sure I heard everything correctly. Um, no doubt, I gotta get that get the affidavit sent, dog, brother. I appreciate you letting me know. I'm a um, secretary of state. I'm gonna get that sent off tomorrow, and um, I'll be back in the tunes with you guys. Peace to the gods. Thank you, brother. All right, man. Peace to the gods. All right. All right. Let's go to uh, three one six three zero eight. Peace to the gods. Peace to the God. What's good, brother? Brother, brother, out of Kansas. How we doing this evening? Good, brother. How you doing? Not too bad. Uh, I really didn't have much this evening. Uh, I will say, okay. uh, I think I have done the Census Bureau uh, whole, uh, you know, information and everything, just not knowing what I was doing at the time. But I think I have went through one of those, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm liable for that. Uh, but I know better now, so I won't be doing another one. <clears throat> uh, yeah, but where you uh, which call? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I, I know for a fact around this way, they definitely push the census pretty hard because they can put people on foot and go door to door. Oh yeah, they definitely do. Well, and then I'm wondering. So, is there is there a correlation between that and then the Nielsen uh, thing as far as how they do that? So Nielsen. Mm-hmm. As you know, Nielsen uh, does like television rating or something like that. Oh, you know, um, let me say Nielsen. I'm thinking about Nielsen BDS for the music. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Anytime you talk about like ratings and like actually like count, counting people, I'm sure that that mm-hmm. has something to do with it. Who they might even be using that system to to, to count demographic demographics of people, right? So I'm right. I'm, I'm I'm sure it's tied in some type of way. Now, do I know how? And I'm speculating right now how exactly, but. You know, you do that research, I'm pretty sure you can find some links. Oh, yeah. I was, and, you know, it, it was just funny that you were talking about that because I was thinking about the whole Nielsen thing because I started noticing how they were sending me this stuff over the last couple of years. You know, they've been sending little things out, you know, saying, hey, you know, do this survey for us and, you know, kind of give us this little bit of information about you and, you know, how many kids are in the home and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm just looking at it like, wait a minute. It, you call it a survey, but it looks like, you know, you know, this looks like a census bureau type of deal. You know what I mean? Not necessarily just a simple survey about television ratings or, you know, what you listen to on the radio. Exactly. That was exactly right. But, but I will say uh, kind of the reason for my call, though, was because I kind of wanted to put uh, some encouragement out there for the rest of the brothers and sisters out there that are actually within Great. the process with us. Um I actually got confirmation uh, as far as concerning our injunction. Uh, and why I say I got confirmation is, is because I actually have word from somebody within uh, connections with the federal government uh, as far as, like, you know, dealing with uh, them on a daily, daily basis. 
uh, they basically told me, because I've already started my process, which I'll have my process finished uh, Friday of this week coming up, but they told me basically that what I'm doing is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm supposed to do it exactly how many times that I'm actually doing it. So for all those out there that don't believe in the injunction, that don't think that it works, it does work, so get it done and hurry up and do it. And you said, and you said somebody told you that it was that it's what you're supposed to be doing and what else? It's, it's something that you're supposed to be doing, uh, and, and you want to do it the way that you guys teach us to do it, uh, as far as the administrative process and everything, as far as how we do it. So exactly how y'all teach us to do it is exactly how it's supposed to be done, and it's something that we're supposed right. to be doing. And this is basically kind of straight out of the horse's mouth, because this is a direct connection with the federal government that I'm talking about. So yeah, it's so, supposed to be done, done, y'all. So y'all need to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I just wanted I, to put that I, I tell, out there and encourage people, everyone. Oh, I, yeah, that, that's what's up, bro. That's what's up. I think a lot of people, um, you know, it's a lot of people that sleep to the information and people that are still waking up. So, you know, we're slowly getting around to to more people, you know. So, it's thankful to be able to, to reach more people. But thank you for dropping that, bro. Oh, no doubt, bro. I just wanted to, I, I felt like I had to put that out there because I think some of us are kind of getting caught up with some of the information and kind of taking in too much information instead of just doing like how kind of what Jonah says as far as just, you know, just start doing things. Don't just try to know everything, yeah. but actually start doing some stuff, you know, so that's one of those. Exactly, focusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So I figure I'll give that encouragement to everybody, man, just Go ahead if you if you can get the ABC done, get the injunction done, and if nothing else, get that done, you know, and then go back to learning again. But you gotta get right, it done exactly. at some point, people. Yeah, you definitely gotta get it done, man. That's what's up, bro. Thank you for that. Appreciate that, man. No doubt, brother Joey. I'm gonna go ahead and yield the floor at that point, brother. Peace to the gods. Okay, bro. Peace to the gods. Okay, let's go to four zero seven six six eight. Bottom line. God. I want to say first off, congratulations. I didn't get to tell you that, man. That's the real shit ever, man. Congratulations. You and I came. For real, real. Oh, yeah. Thank you, bro. All that teaching, man, I came through. That's real, man. Y'all done. Shit. You done oh, definitely man. inspired me. Oh, crazy, bro. And give, um, definitely inspired me and give some truth to power, man, just to wake us up, man. And I've been on my mission, as you know. I want to just throw in a little. I'm not done with my taste, but again, a lot of leeway. Um, I just wanted to come in and drop some game for the people. Oh yeah, and so let's ask yeah, yeah. So give me, a, give me an update. Okay, so you know, I told you just a quick preview. Um, I went in the court and they was trying to roll with me. Oh, you sound like a sovereign. I heard this before. I'm making a plea for you. Um, Talking to the prosecutor over me, objection, you can't do that. Oh, well, he's going to do it anyways. So we're at a hearing. He ran through it. He said, denied all my motions. So now we're on the third meeting. The third meeting was the pretrial, which I told you about. That was last week. So I go to pretrial. Right. And for everybody listening, I'm just going to tell you, to, to my family, hindsight, get you a uh, court reporter. It changes the game. Just telling you. Check it. So I get my court reporter. He's there. I'm there. Whole courtroom was packed full of lawyers, Joey. So they had like lawyers to get in their emotions here, heard, and retrial done first. Then all the slaves were outside the room, right? 
So it's like yeah, cause they keep them, outside. Yeah, because you, you got to take that take the elevator all the way upstairs, right? And then they keep everybody outside. Oh, yeah. Everybody was in the courthouse, but outside the courtroom for that judge. Right, so they, all, them, all, they locked the door, okay. and they just said, only attorneys. So I knock on the door. I'm all dressed mm-hmm. down. And I got my notebook and everything. So they let me in, right? And it's nothing but attorneys in there. You couldn't even walk in the court full. So all the attorneys hear their cases. He's hearing one by one. They're lining up literally, and they're just going through one by one by one. Oh, murder trial. Oh, what you want to do? Oh, wait, he want to plead? Boom. Next. He's just going through. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh shit. So I'm taking notes in the back with the other lawyers, sitting next to the other lawyers, and I'm taking notes of how I'm approaching. So he goes through all the lawyers, and I hear him say, um, "Who's my pro se litigant?" And he's he been seeing me, right? I know he's been seeing me, but he's saying, where is he at? So I hear him over here, right, on the mic. So I stand up, and I'm in the back of the courthouse, the courtroom. I stand up. Oh, there he goes. So I come up, right? I go up to the bench. <laughs> and I walk up there, and I'm like, what's going on? And he, he First he says, just like this, Joey. And remember, mind you, I put in all the stuff that you and Akeem told me to put in, you know, my... DBA, authenticated birth certificate, Trendy versus Pagliaro. Yeah. Uh, I challenged jurisdiction with a motion, and I, I did a rebuttal to all the, the, the discovery evidence that they put on, right? And I did an affidavit saying, yeah, I got to respond back to my affidavit, right? I did all yeah. that, then I came to pre-trial. So I go up there, hey, so he goes up, uh, Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Um, sir, let's start like this. Case number CV, blah, 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 blah. I caught it, right? Second sentence, he says, you look very sharp today, as always. So I said, thank you, Judge. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great. It is. It is. It's Joey, I got it all recorded. But anyways, so I go, oh, it's going great. So he goes, I see you have your own court reporter here. And he's standing right next to me, the court reporter. And I said, yeah, yes, Judge, yes. Okay, Um. so what, the fourth question, so what do you want me to call you? Oh my God, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> this nigga is it's a hundred lawyers in that courtroom, way fifty of them. He goes, "What do you want me to call you?" Um, I said, I smiled. I said, "Call me Mr. L." He said, "All right, all right, Mr. L. I'll call you Mr. L. That's a great name. I like it." I said, "Holy shit!" I said, "This ain't real." So, <laughs> so we continue, and he's like, um, "I see you. This is a pre-trial um, hearing." I'm going to go over it from trial, blah, 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 and explain it. And he's like, uh, I said, hold on, Judge. Let me just, for the record, uh, explain who I am. Um, I'm coming in here first, um, Felipe, you know, my spiritual name. And as soon as I said it, he rolled his eyes like, shit, don't say it. Like, come on, man. I got a whole bunch of lawyers in here. Chill. So I said it anyway. Came here a special appearance. Um, last, uh, spiritual name for... Last comma first, doing business first minute last. And I put a DBA on the record, Judge, that you took notice to. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, Mr. L, I see you put some more motions. Um, what's the best time for us to hear your motions? Um, I said, is a week good for you? Is a week good for you, Judge? <laughs> I said, a week is good for me. Maybe two weeks. Uh, okay, sure, let's do two weeks. Um, well, how, how much time do you need? I said, um, I don't understand. How much time do you need in the courtroom for us to hear it? 
30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes? I said, 20 minutes. I just need to hear this. I don't, it doesn't matter. So he's like, oh, sure. Prosecutor, um, please be ready on the 7th of January to hear Mr. L's motions. Are you going to be ready? Um, um, huh, huh, Judge, huh? Um, are you going to be ready to hear Mr. L's motion? Oh, sure, yes, yes, we will. Okay, um, um, I'm going to give you a paper. You can wait for it, Mr. L. I'm going to give you all your paperwork and all that everybody's looking at. Uh, um, give you your paperwork, Mr. L. Um, I want to make sure you have the right date and make sure we hear all your motions. Uh, we're still going to set trial. No, I forgot, Joe. Joe. I said I also, Judge, need to have a – remember you told me trial by jury. I put that in. Right. He said um, – I said, when I said about the DBA, I introduced myself, and then I said, also, before we continue, I need to have a trial by jury. If we don't have one already, I need it for it to be a trial by jury of my peers. Mr. L., Immediately, Mr. L, you have a trial by jury. No problem. I said, okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Joey, this shit was motherfucking real, my G. I said, so then yeah, gave me everything. Yeah, what they'll All do, right, I told you. And then the next time you come in, it's a wrap. I feel that. Now I feel it more than ever because he was like a brand new Joey from him. Hey, I'm a sovereign now. He's extra. Well, I just want y'all to hear that. You know, I'm not over with it yet. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, he ain't gonna have a time about you being sovereign at all, right? He didn't even bring no, hell up. no, man. He didn't even disrespect. He was extra polite, respectful, smiling, complimenting me. Um, you want to wait for your papers? I'm gonna make sure the prosecutor hears. Now he's now he's being a judge. Oh, the prosecutor, are you gonna be ready? Yeah. Are you gonna speak instead of talking for him? I put him in line. Yeah. You know, and I was cool and calm. Yeah. And I took notes as the lawyers took notes. Because I was sitting in the court and I see how they talked to him, like how they approached him. I said, let me play the game. Not like, judge, man, you did this. No, I said, hey, how you doing? Wonderful. Uh-uh. We came for uh-uh. a quick drive. No, yeah, you got to approach them. That's right. It's business. Exactly. It's a business meeting. Yeah, just like no, this. It's a boardroom meeting. This is why everybody's got to wear suits and ties in there. It's a boardroom. Mm-hmm. You're in the boardroom. Absolutely. Well, well. You're about halfway done, man. You're about halfway I done. I am that about halfway done. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be working. I'm $600 in, y'all. I'm just telling y'all. Y'all got to put that bread up and put the study up and just case, stay on it, man. Like, your spirit got to be like, I ain't going to lose. I'm free. I'm a more for real. And you got to stand on that, and they'll respect that shit, man. Mm-hmm. Once you come correct, they're going to respect it. That's true. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I see it. I got it all recorded. So, you know, I got yeah, a 20-minute you know, minute. Be that case. Oh, yeah. I bring my stenographer for that 20-minute meeting, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, 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 check it. Now, here's, here's what's interesting. You were supposed to be going to trial next. You're not going to trial next. What are you going no, to? No, I'm going, going to, to another, another hearing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then we still said trial, trial, but he tell me. Yeah. And, and then he asked you how much time you... Two weeks, one week. Yeah. How, much time How long you in the courtroom? I said, yeah, the, the like, what do you want to do? Yeah, the, the next question will be, Mr. L, uh, well, um, what can we do for you now? And yes. You, I will judge I like a dismissal, right? Either yeah. that or you'll get, or you'll get a no lay process claim. Now, what I, I want to ask they, you real they quick. They love to drop those. Uh-huh. Because the prosecutor looks stupid, man. He's a damn nick motherfucker in a wheelchair. He don't even know what's going on. 
it's, it's so silly. And that's not even the person that's put the evidence on the record. The, pro- the state attorney that's, that's not even there. That's so. exactly. That's why. That's the reason why you rebut everything that the that the state attorney puts on the record, and then you mm-hmm. rebut. You put Trinity versus Pagliaro to shut him down, mm-hmm. and, and and then nothing can nothing can happen. Uh, the only thing that can happen is they're gonna have to dismiss that shit. I'm telling you, they're gonna come yeah. in. They're gonna it's either gonna be him or another attorney. They're gonna come in with that with that dismissal. <laughs> And guess what, Joey? I'm going to have this shit uh, transcribed. Because it's already transcribed because I brought my court reporter the last time for the next one. So yeah, no doubt, man. Man, thank y'all, man. Y'all, y'all, bring, y'all definitely helping us to raise our level. Man, it's already in the cosmos, man. bro. It's already, man, bro. It's already oh, in the cosmos, yeah. no doubt. No Real doubt, bro. Shit, no Joey. doubt. You're halfway peace there, Peace to bro. the God, man. You, you I'm on it. Keep it going. My nigga, sure, peace to the God. He, Peace to the God, my dog. So, um, this is my last Sunday show of the year. I don't, I'm not going to be on next Sunday because it's New Year's Eve. So, this is the last show for me on Sunday of the year. Um, I enjoyed it, man. It's been a great year. We got a couple more shows left on the station this year before we go into the next year. Uh, Dr. Ossette and then, uh, Jonah will be on Friday. Like I said, it'll be on tomorrow. I'll make sure y'all tune in. I appreciate y'all, man. It's been a lot of it's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs this year, man. We we've been through it. We've been dealing with it. We we stronger for it. Um, keep studying. Stay on y'all on your grind, on your square. Keep the ancestors first. Do that spiritual work, man. Alright, dot com. Y'all know how to get a hold of me. Consultations. I'll be working through the holidays. You wanna get a hold of me, no problem. I might even be working on Christmas if you wanna get a hold of me on Christmas, right? Certain times. So I have a time I have my schedule blocked off if you wanna get a hold of me. If you wanna schedule a consultation. Alright, if we have consultation time and we haven't followed up, make sure you get with me. If you got an outstanding product, anything outstanding, if you got something outstanding, get with me, please, before the end of the year. I think I followed up with most people, but if you have something outstanding, get with me before the end of the year, please, so we can get you wrapped up. Let's go into this new year, man, with this new information. I hope to see y'all in New York next month. Freedom Seminar, and I'll be in Philly, and I'm wrapping my way back down, probably being Detroit, all right? Also, stay tuned. We will have information for y'all this week on the money ritual. All right? If you need to get a hold of me, 301 816-302. Only hit my line and text me if you have a question about the money ritual. All right? Or if we got consultation time. All right. With that being said, I'm up out of here. I'm going to say peace to the guys. Y'all know how to get with me. I'm out. Peace.
it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio.